Hey, this is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Took my first breath where the muddy grasses spills into the Gulf of Mexico where the skyline's colored by chemical plants that put bread on the table of the working man where the working man does his best to provide safety and shelter for kids and a wife giving a little of a soul every day making overtime the wolves away Little Uncle Lucius for you Yeah, I've never heard that before I've heard of them Yeah, they're, they're, te- they're a Texas band I be- yeah. I've got some type of ties to East Texas, I believe I could be, I don't know exactly Yeah, they used how. to play, play in Longview all the time Yeah, they used to play at Rick's on the Square and Tyler quite oh, a bit yeah. too A lot That's and, like Kenny uh, Wayne Shepherd there when he was a kid Really? Yep Wow it's a long time ago. I've seen that. Man, I don't remember it. If I, I've forgotten everybody I've seen there because I was usually just hammered drunk every time I was <laughs> in there watching them. And uh, it's a shame, too, because I saw some really good bands, you know. But, hey, it is what it is. Episode 76 of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetic Dealers of Amsoil Products. Go to madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. And or call toll-free 855-623-5225 to get yourself set up with an awesome deal on amazing Amsoil products, chain lube, um, engine oil, so on and so forth. All, all the good all the good stuff to make your uh, engine go vroom, vroom, and keep it going that way. So uh, go see our guys at Mad Jack Synthetics and uh, tell them the gooberheads over here at Moto X Pod Show sent you. All Sport Dynamics, visit motocrosswristbrace.com. Uh, get the braces worn by Adam Cincerillo, Weston Pike, Brock Tickle, Jamie Guida, Aaron Plessinger, Aaron Plessinger. All three of the guys on the podium, the 250 classes last week. Yeah, they swept it. Joey Savacci, AC, and And AP. And AP wasn't on the podium? Oh, no, I'm sorry. McElrath. Um, Yeah. But But he wears them too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but Sorry. Shane McElrath, good job. Good Just ride by him. expect AP but. to be on the podium. <laughs> right. Good ride by McElrath, by the way. Yeah. What a hell of a performance he put in. But, uh, yeah, guys, I can't uh, – I went and did the scramble cross race over there at Oak Hill this past weekend. And, uh, dude, I don't even notice I got them things on. That's just like putting gloves on and going like you normally oh, yeah. would. You know, I don't know they're there. I don't – and I'm glad I got them, too. I mean, you just never know, especially with me. I'm known to, known to crash, so it doesn't hurt to have any. But uh, go get yourself those guys. Give uh, give Jeff a follow on Instagram, at wristbraceguy. Give them a give them a uh, visit motocrosswristbrace.com. Tell them we sent you and or get a hold of our guy Dark Side here. He can get you set up as well. MX Girl Designs, guys, that is G-U-R-L. 
Hit our girl Char up at it uh, well at C H A R at MXGirl.com. Get uh, for a good great set of custom graphics. I'm butchering the hell out of this. For a custom set of graphics, impeccable work at a reasonable price. That's that she'll make you just about anything you want. Uh, she really, really has got the vintage stuff on lock too. So if you ride vintage bikes, there's I mean, she'll be able to tell you off the top of her head what's what as far yep. as that goes because she does she probably does more vintage racing than she does anything else. So give Shara give her a shout. Uh, follow her on Instagram at mxgirl again, guys. That is G U R L. Email Shar C H A R at mxgirl.com. Tell her tell her we sent you. Shock Socks, the original and number one tenth second removable fork seal protector. Burnmotorsports.com, but visit your local dealer for details on how to pick yourself up a set of shock socks. I can't say enough good things about these things. I don't like leaky fork seals. It's a pain in the butt to fix, fix them, so I use shock socks, and it eliminates uh, a good bit of the risk. The, a good, it eliminates everything that will cause a, a fork seal to leak. So uh, go get yourself shut up. Shan Garcia, great guy, the moto mayor of Texas, and uh, or the mayor of Texas motocross. So that that's his deal over there, and he'll he'll uh, he stands behind his product, and it's a good one. So. Uh, Five Star Roofing of Texas. Go to fivestarroofingoftexas.com for residential, commercial, composition, metal roofs, custom patios, metal buildings, pergolas, and more. Call area code 214-402-8565. Again, 214-402-8565. Tell them Moto X Pod Show sent you. Give Chad Mayo a shout over there. He's the guy. He's a, he's a moto guy just like you and uh, just like me, just like Jamie. He, they, they support us. They support uh, Supercross, 250 Supercross competitor John Short. The, the roots run deep there, so uh, give them a shout. <clears throat> and uh, tell them Moto X Pod Show sent you. Yep. Dark Side Muscle Mark in the house. What up? What's up, man? Uh, just another a, week doing the show. Another got a, week. Got an uh, extremely busy show tonight. Yeah, we're going to have like seven guests tonight. We never have that many guests. And, uh, so you guys are in luck if you don't have if you have a lot of time to kill this week between us and the Pulp and Mech show you'll kill all of it and main event yeah well yeah main event I forgot <clears throat> I always forget to mention them sorry Daniel yeah. I hope we're still homies yeah you know DB actually listens to us Mathis doesn't probably so Math- Mathis you dick no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no I I know I just meant I just meant the length of the show yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. where I'm referring to because Daniel's is yeah to well, the point we had know. some things come up this week where we added a couple guests more than normal so. Yeah, but it'll be all right. It's We're been, starting a little early tonight. It's been a it's been an incredible uh, last week of uh, in, in in the sport of motocross. You know, we started it with the uh, with the Moose Can Tomac thing, and then you know we had uh, plenty plenty of drama behind that. Then this weekend, Anderson had some broken spokes. And yeah, that's awesome. It was a really uh, a hectic ordeal for him to get where he is. We. Uh, Loretta Lynn's qualifier here in Texas. We ended up uh, a rider ended up passing away, so everybody's been talking about that, and it's it's been a huge topic of discussion. So we figured, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll bring some safety topics up. So we give our, give our buddy Trey Canard a call, and he's going to come on here later and talk a little bit about that stuff with us. And uh, you know, it's it's an unfortunate. Um, thing we all have to kind of accept when we ride dirt bikes that the, the possibilities there for me though i just i, I just look at it. I, I i just don't think about it if it happens you know i, I hate for it too but and, and my heart goes out to the family of, of the of the deceased and uh, right. his, his wife and children and mom and you know i shared a pay i shared a link on my facebook page for how you can donate 
to um to to help him with funeral expenses things of that nature so um army veteran you know motocross racer did they say something maybe it was his first race first race is what they posted yeah that's what his mom said in, yeah uh, in her post and uh it um i'll pull his name up here in a minute you forgive me i forgot to write it down uh, it's the, jason jones i believe jason jones that's it well I, I thought it was james jones for some reason i didn't want to say the wrong name so you know condolences rest in peace brother we will uh you know we'll continue to continue to rip for you and um i i hate when anything like this happens because i don't deal well with death but it did bring up a topic of safety and i think a lot of people are wanting to point the finger at the track owner and or the track layout or the track conditions and look guys at the end of the damn day dirt bike racing is dangerous okay it just is and it doesn't matter if you're racing flat track. It doesn't matter if you're riding in a field. And it doesn't matter if you're riding on a supercross track. The element of death is there. And every now and again, it it jumps up and bites somebody. It is what it is. You know, Jamie, you've had a lot of you've had a lot of uh, accidents, surgeries, broken bones, as have yeah. I. It's just, it's part of it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know what you're getting into when you get into it. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there's probably some things that us as individuals can do and there's things the tracks can do and maybe we you know you always hope that you guys the the groups can come together and try to maybe make things a little bit safer but it's it is a dangerous sport period. well at the end of the day like yeah you do want to try to minimize the risk but the risk is still going to be there right now do we want to avoid it every time we can of course why wouldn't we you know we're human beings there's a an element to you know survival of the fittest so on and so forth you, you want to but at the same time, you want to be intelligent about things and so on and so forth. But we'll get into more of this as the show goes. But Jason, rest in peace, brother. We will uh, we'll miss you. And uh, I never got to meet him in person. But right. you know, anybody that rides a dirt bike, I consider a friend and, and a, a brother, so or sister for that matter, because you know, not just dudes ride bikes. Right. But, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers for sure. I hate that. I hate it. I, I'm sure uh, you know the, the the track owners over there, Trey and Sarah, are, are having a hard time dealing with this. And I don't, you know, I can't imagine being in the track owner's shoes. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes no. to deal with they to deal with. That, that's a thankless job, and, and to to do it takes a very special person. And and uh, I, I hate it for them too, you know. And but anyways, we'll get into more of that as the show goes. We're gonna get to. Uh, we got a lot of guests lined up for you, so just give us a quick break, and uh, we'll be back. Don't hold back, cause you woke up in the morning with initiative to move, so I make it harder. Don't hold back, if you think about it, so many people do be cool and look smarter. Don't All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest. Normally guest, but we're going to have two on for you at once. Lap King Moto, home of social racing. It's a mobile iOS app, and the two gentlemen that are behind uh, their creation of this app are going to come on here and uh, tell us a little bit about it. Tell uh, J.C. Chappelle, Vince Monteleone, what's up, guys? What's going on, guys? What's going on? Not much, just uh, coming off a pretty good weekend of – the, the two of us actually got to ride this weekend, which is rare. So yep, yep. That was that was cool, and uh, now excited to talk to you guys. Yep. Nice. Yeah, there was actually a event sighting at the track this weekend. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while, man. We've been busy the past, I guess, what? I mean, you can say a couple of months, weeks, whatever, the past year, but finally got out and uh, got some seat time this weekend myself. So, it, as we all know, it feels good when you're able to do that therapy to the soul. 
for have, sure. Have, for sure. Loved every second of it. Where'd you get to ride at? Um, I rode at Oak Hill on Saturday and then uh, went out and checked out Underground MX on Sunday. And Kyle Rigo had the place prepped A1 and had, I mean, it was Rutville, good times, good people out there and all around just good day at the motocross track. So can't complain. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, guys. What about you guys? Where'd you ride? I did, uh, Jamie, you did the uh, Moto Masters in uh, Freestone. Freestone, right? Yeah. Yeah, good, good time okay. there. I did. Uh, I, I announced Village Creek Saturday night, and then I went and raced a scramble cross at Oak Hill Sunday. So that that was a fun little event. I love it. So awesome. uh, it's a uh, little bit a di- little bit of a uh, different spin on a, on, a, on motocross, a little more natural terrain stuff, not as many jumps. But truthfully, man, for for my for my old ass, it worked out great. So it uh, <laughs> I, enjo- I enjoyed it quite. I a bit. love it, man. Yeah, I had a good time too. Hey, okay. I mean, just kind of kind of translate into what you just said i mean it's good for you hey that's what lap king's here for we all we've all come to the point of a certain time in life where it's not necessarily the best decision to line up behind a starting line at all times um and lap king kind of brings that opportunity for some of us that don't necessarily have that ability to line up behind the line but we want to get that adrenaline rush lap king brings that to all well offering the experience to the younger crowd, the middle age, everyone. It's it is what you make it. It's a game experience that brings competition, fun, all under one roof and all at your fingertips to your iPhone. So it's pretty accessible, seam, seamless experience and uh you know, JC and myself are excited for what's ahead. Yeah, tell us a little bit about like how you guys came up with this and how it works. Because I, I, first of all, I have a droid, so I'm kind of out on it right now. It looks like, but I was <laughs> looking at how you know, just looking at the website and kind of checking it out. And it basically, like at first, I thought it was like a video game, but it's really not. It's like I guess it's you, it's, you go out and ride, spin laps, and then you compete with your buddies' laps at the same track. Is that how that works? Yeah. So the. The best way to think of it is like an arcade for the motocross track. Um, very, as it as we as you mentioned, it's the home of social racing, and it's built to be as much of a video game feel as possible. But your gameplay, you're actually on the bike. You actually ride the lap, uh, and it brings kind of a reality setting to the arcade. Uh, you can race your buddies. You can race the other people at the track. And then, like Vince was saying, it's really funny psychologically. You get out there, and you know that there's other people on the track running laps. You don't want to get them on the leaderboard, so you end up riding a few sketchy laps to get you to the top of the board. Heck, yeah. Well, what I've noticed is um, now you, you get a, uh, a, f- a special case designed by you guys to put your phone in, right? So you can put it on your bike? Is that Correct. A, is that- yeah, so we, we have an engineered case that's for uh, all the iPhone sizes right now. And uh, the best way I know to refer to it is it's a bomb shelter for your phone. Uh, <laughs> it's made of a, a carbon composite nylon material. Uh, we did the walls. We, you know, we obviously did some pretty heavy testing on that. But you put it on your helmet, and then uh, it's a set it and forget it program so you hit start and it does all the work for you you just go ride your lap it knows where you got on the track it knows if you cut the track and it won't award you that lap and then it just records your moto and then 
opposed to him to the gameplay and the way you and your buddies can go up against each other. And, you know, we all have those friends that talk a lot, and now you can finally settle it. <laughs> there you go. You mean like TJ, our yeah, co- no, our, our yeah. producer. Now, Jamie, this is, this is from what I can tell, this is an anti-sandbagger app right here. So if you oh. cut the track or any right. of that stuff, it's going to call you out. Well, it'll never work for Michael account- Gage, then. Keep, yeah, keep you accountable. Michael Gage just them won't work for you, homie. <laughs> But uh, I like I love the idea. Now tell me, where did y'all come up with this? This is amazing. Um, jump in kind of a funny story. Um, it came about three years ago. Vince called me and said, "Hey, I got an idea for something. I know you're kind of. Uh, I think the phrase was tech nerd or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, it's true. It's true. I'm a computer nerd. I it was something in that area. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was something right there. You know, it's like JC said, driving down I-35 one night and ideas stand. I mean, when you get out of the sport, I or back. Let's back up a little bit. JC and myself have been racing dirt bikes since we we're little, right? JC came into the game a little bit later than I did. Um, the main point is we have a pretty intense intense background of motocross so when we both quit went off the we gave the dream up at around 1920 or at least i did i know jc may have chased it a little bit longer but when we did we went to college and got back into motocross we do missing um and that that avenue of missing in motocross was a fun aspect of it all right it's such a competitive sport i mean you have we all know the dads are hardcore um they're investing a lot of money in this sport they drive you know long nights on the friday night to get to a race on the weekend drive home sunday night all the do it over again go to work and do that next same thing the next week and so much stress to the equation on the kid or whoever it is that's racing we wanted to bring something to the sport that changed it a little bit and made it more fun um while still taking care of business so it, the idea stands. I rarely had a dad at the track on the week, so I didn't have a stopwatch on me at all times. And that is a huge disadvantage when you're up against other competitors that how can they see that milestone or whatever it is that they're achieving, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and now, okay, so then going to the other aspect of it, we're a little bit older now. We're I'm 30, JC's 27 babies we have a job on monday whatever whatever it is that you have you have kids whatever you can't necessarily put it on the line at all times but yet we still like to right lap king came about all about that when i called jc said hey i have it you're the tech guy let's make it happen when you put two minds together and you communicate things turn into bigger (laughs) i guess let me just say this it was a snowball effect the simple idea that I had turned into this concept that you guys see right now. And the beautiful thing is we still have a lot behind the curtains that are not even rolled out yet. And oh, wow. it just, it, it's, it's fulfilling knowing that this concept that, that just stemmed from this idea, I'll just say it's in two very passionate guys' hands that love motocross and we're here to make it an impact in the sport and hopefully just add a new avenue to the sport and, uh, you know, help it grow and be what it's all meant to be. 
Yeah, so, well, first, my first question is, do you have plans for it to be Droid, uh, have availability on Droids at some point? You could just get an iPhone, Jamie. Mm. Could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the reason behind iOS is that was, um, not to get too techy or anything, but that's the, they all run on different language, mm-hmm. and uh, iOS was where I was comfortable, and it was also a very large, it was a larger portion of the market. Yeah, Not that makes sense. Fun at Android users or anything, but um, Android is in development right now. Uh, we're planning on the lot by the end of the year, but um, as far as time frame, time frame, we don't have a set date, but it is coming. That's cool. So let me ask you if if I understand the way this thing works is like let's say Mark wants to go to River Valley or, or a track like Oak Hill and run laps this weekend. He, he can. You know, set it up, play, have his uh, Lap King Moto app running, put his times in or whatever, and then if I want to go next week, I can run, or a week later, I can do the same thing and then compare the two. Is that kind of the idea of how it works? Um, well, there's a few different ways to play it. Okay. So you have the, you have the track leaderboards, which is where you just go up against everybody. Um, you can utilize that to where if you ride, you know, we have a lot of people that um, – we actually see a lot of talk going back and forth between people that set a fast lap and then they're tagging their buddies on so, and then their their buddies end up at the track a week or two later. Trying right. To beat that time. I like it. You know, not everybody can obtain a lap king, which is the trophy in the trophy case. You get a digital trophy if you get a lap king. Okay. However, it's a super sweet feeling when your name is two or three riders above your buddy. Yeah, I can see but, that. Cause... Yeah. That's really all it's about. I mean, is like you buddies. said, Jamie, like you said, numbers don't lie. So there is absolutely no way to stand back, right? Right. I mean, what you see on that leaderboard is what you get. Um, there's no fudge in it. So yeah, it I mean, does. you can say you can say you're faster all you want. All we have to do is say, "Here you go. Here's lap king. Go do a lap." I, I like this because I it really, too. yeah, I feel like this can kind of fix a lot of the uh, the whole sandbagger issue. You can just compare lap times and like, look, well, he's running with this but dude. It, it takes he, away the big fish stories. Yeah. That, oh, well, that, that a couple weeks ago, I was I was faster than anybody has ever been. Well, no, maybe you know you weren't. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. Let's I pull mean, this lap king up and let's look. Or, oh no, wait. Oh, you were two <laughs> seconds slower than that. Okay. I love I mean, it. There, there, here's the thing: competition is in every aspect of life, is yes. it not? It oh yeah. Why not? Why not getting everyone used to it? It's like, come on, guys. No matter if you're 10 years old, 15, 30, 40, whatever aspect it is in professional career or motocross, competition is there. Get used to it and have fun with it. For That's sure. why we came out of lap team. We're trying to just make it known that competition is a good thing and you can have fun while being very competitive. I'll tell you this right now. I haven't had that much fun riding in a long time that since I did this past weekend, and it was because I had two buddies in town from Missouri uh, or Kansas in Missouri, Jeff Crutcher and Scott Gepkin. They come down and we go ride at Oak Hill, and I, to see those two guys put lap king on and go at it, during the day, it was two. You see two guys that know how to ride a dirt bike really well come back and one. Scott goes out on a 250F, and mind you, Crutcher was on a 252 stroke. Gapkin's on a 250F, and he comes back. He's like, turns 158. He's like, damn! I thought I turned. I thought I was rolling out there. I'm like, well, <laughs> there you go, man. 
It's he's right like, man, I'll tell you this. Lap King made me push that whole moto. I was like, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Is that is about. cool. You make it what you want. I well, to, and to piggyback off of where Vince was mentioning different groups of riders, the second, another way to play the Lap King game is we have a feature called Everything. And so when we go ride, everybody has their little group of people. You know, you, you all call, text each other, say, let's meet at this track. And you have 10 people that park together, right? And you see those groups all along the edge of the fence. Well, you can actually set up a private group race where you create a leaderboard and you um, you have your friends list of people who you call. Yeah. And you can select those friends and you get a private leaderboard for that track of just your friends. Oh, I like so that. Yeah. Yeah, so you and your, you know, 8, 10, 12 buddies can go at it all day, and you guys are the only ones on the leaderboard. And and mind you, those 10 to 12 or whoever, 8, 5, 4, 3, how many of your friends you have in there, could be beginner, could be intermediate, or pro-level riders, all in the same group, each other up against each other and just have some fun. Sure. And I mean, how yeah. often, you can't you can't do that at a race, right? No. Yeah, no. I mean, at the it's 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 just another way of having fun with your buddies on a regular practice day, right? We're yeah. trying to amplify the vibes of regular practice because we all know it's monotonous. It gets a little boring here and there. I'm not saying we're not having fun on our dirt bikes. I'm just saying it's not necessarily the most fun to be practicing at time. So well, what, what add I, a little bit. Yeah, what I feel like this does too is it gives you the uh, competitive spirit and the and the vibe of a race without actually having to sit around and wait all day for your moto. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And as you guys may know, we have a King of the South Tour coming up. So mm-hmm. that King of the South Tour is exactly what Lap King is about. We're trying to bring vibes to the sport of motocross that are unknown right now, I guess you can say. So term that we're trying to bring to the table is known as practice it's a practice party (laughs) there you go we're going to be bringing we're going to be at the track having you know a good time practicing in the meantime you're going to feel like you're racing and in the end you're going to possibly win some awards for turning fast laps how fun is that on practice day it's unheard of right i love it yeah, it's really cool. I like the best thing I like is that and to me the my favorite part is being able to race with your buddies even if you're in a, like you run different classes, you know. I run the plus 40. Mark's quite not quite as old as I am yet, so we don't really race against each other one more with, year. But with this we can. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. I think Definitely. this is great, man. I see a lot of promise in this. I do too. Well, King of the South tour coming up, Lap King. It's a it's a mobile app, iOS app. Guys, download it. <clears throat> Get, get with your buddies. Y'all go have some competitions. That way we know who – there's no tall tales to be told. The numbers don't lie. Everything's here, and uh, it's easy to download. Check it, it's lapking.com, correct, or lapkingmoto.com. I forgot to write their website down, guys. I'm sorry. It's lapkingmoto.com. Lapkingmoto.com. Yeah. Lapking, yep. Check it out. J.C. Chappelle, Vince Monoleon. Guys, thanks for coming on tonight. We appreciate your time. Yeah, we definitely. We appreciate you guys. And, and just one last thing, if you don't mind, reminders. I just mentioned King of the South Tour kicked off this weekend, May 5th and 6th. May 5th will be at uh, TexPlex. We're going to debut to the market known as the UTV market. But um, most importantly, Sunday, Greenville MX, 10 to 3 p.m. 
King of the South Tour first stop. Don't miss it. We have some awesome prizes from Answer, Pro Taper, Ranthal, 100%. The list goes on and on. We have VP, Lubricants. I'm telling you guys, you want to be there, check out what Lap King is all about, and we appreciate the support. And most of all, we look forward to what's ahead. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate you guys so coming good. on. It, this is very cool, and I, I, I guess maybe I'm going to have to go get an uh, iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you are, for sure. Well, guys, <laughs> hey, th- trust me. We hear you guys. We hear you. So we're working hard to make you come through <laughs> or come to life, and we'll, uh, we'll execute. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. man. Well, we look forward to big things from you guys in the future, and good luck with that. And uh, we'll have you back on soon to see how all this is going. Sounds good, guys. <laughs> We look forward to it. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one, guys. Thanks again. You too. You too. Lap King Moto, home of social racing. Guys, check it out. Download the app. It's super cool. And uh, you can have some fun with your buddies. And there you go. I like it. It sounds very cool. It looked cool when I looked it up. All their social, all their social media is Lap King Moto. Also, Instagram. I think. Yeah, I think every, it's on Twitter. So. Everything's yeah. Lap King Moto. Yeah. So at Lap King Moto, so Facebook, so on and so forth. But uh, guys, quick break, and we'll be back with the one and only Tony Alessi. guys welcome back we're gonna get to our next guest smart top moto concept team manager tony alessi tony what's up buddy hey how's it going guys going good going real good um i guess how are you feeling about this season so far because the two of us in the studio right now are so excited like the rest of the industry when justin brayton won at daytona i just had to ask right off the bat like did you feel like that was a possibility when you guys hired him well, I, honestly, when we hired him, we thought that we could get a, a result somewhere between 5 and 10. That was kind of our our idea, you know. And, and last year, he was pretty much in that range, you know what I'm saying? So we thought, okay, that's good. Um, this year in the summer, um, we addressed all the things that he wanted to make the bike better. Because we don't race motocross, so we just race supercross. And um, so we spent, the you know, the better part of the, the summer – developing the, the stuff that he wanted for, for next season. I had it all done for him in uh, basically the first or second week of August. I sent him with that material out to Australia, and he raced with it and was very, very successful with it. So we knew we had something that was pretty good for this coming season. And um, I think that combined with he really upped his his program in Australia. I mean, they had their own track out there to practice and ride and test on, and and he was racing obviously every 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 week or every other week out there. And so I think all of that, 
you know, put him in a way better mindset, you know, because this this racing game is so mental, you know, and so when he's feeling like, hey, my bike is good, I can get good starts, I can run with the best guys there are out there, and so bringing that attitude um, to racing in Supercross this year elevated his game, you know, he was clearly a top five guy every yeah. weekend, pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was amazing. I mean, look, your your team uh, is something that this sport needs. It's teams like you, you know, um, unfortunately seeing uh, like teams RCH fold hurts our hurts our industry. So having a team like you that started out, you know, with with maybe not the top level riders, maybe not the best equipment, but has grown into one of the powerhouses. It is just it makes me proud of what you guys are doing and I'm sure that you guys are just ecstatic. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, like I said, I mean we have a very small, tight crew, um, and we work hard at it every day. I mean, my crew is amazing, you know. These um these guys, I mean, they put in so many hours and they're so committed and so focused on what they're doing and and uh all of that, you know, equals something, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, it doesn't always come that way for you, but for us, I mean, we worked at it a lot of years, and this is like a really rewarding year for us. I, I, I like the approach, and I respect and love the approach you guys have had to it. You, you, you've, you've worked your way up. You came through, you, you know, basically earning everything you've gotten, you know, now Honda support, hiring a rider like Brayton, having a guy like Michael Lessie around. Vince Freeze has been there for a long time. You taking over the reins as team manager, so on and so forth. I mean, now you got title sponsor in, you know, Bullfrog Spas. I mean, this thing is just growing little by little every year. You've chipped away at it. You've chipped away at it. And man, to me, you're your premier program. I think anybody in the pits who's who's looking for a contract would be uh, would be dang privileged to get to sign with you guys. And that's just my opinion. But I feel like it's it's that's where you're at now. Well, I certainly respect that very much. Thanks for saying it. And um, you are right. Our approach has always been to get a little better and a little better and a little better every year. We never were looking for, you know, trying to go to the moon, you know what I'm saying? Right. And hire the million-dollar rider, and you know what I'm saying? We ne- That was never our approach. Our approach was to develop a program that's good enough to compete at the top level, improve upon it as much as we can uh, every year, and we feel like the results would come, and then that would also attract better riders to our program because it's all it takes is riders to talk to each other and say, hey, your bike's pretty good. Yeah, and how's that team? You know, and then the talk starts happening, you know, and then all of a sudden better guys want to ride for our team. You know, and I, I can't, I'm not allowed to say, but we've had, like, some really heavy hitters talking to us for next year, and I was like, wow, these guys are interested in our program for next year so i thought that that's uh that's pretty amazing yeah i was about to ask about plans for next year but you you pretty well said you can't say and that's fine we'll <laughs> we'll wait our turn to to hear about that but i i have a question with i know justin got some pretty trick like he he wanted a, the honda front brake i believe and got it was that something that if you hadn't had a Justin Brayton this year, would would Honda have done something like that for you last year, or was it the caliber of rider coming in that made Honda step up a little bit? 
to me, I think it was more based on the fact that we were the, like, lone Honda guy left out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, factory riders were out of commission. You know what I'm saying? So the leading Honda on the track was Justin Brayton. You know what I'm saying? So it was in their best interest to try to help us help them get better results. You know what I'm saying? And so as that became the scenario, better parts, you know, began to flow. Right. Know? Well, yeah. That's good because I mean the, the the OEMs really also who have you know a lot bigger budgets should be helping out the teams that the satellite teams or quote unquote or you know whatever you want to call yourselves and not a non factory team. It's good for the OEMs to help those guys out. I, again, I just everything in my opinion should be done to help the industry grow. And if all the different facets would get on board with that. You didn't, like I said, the, the the industry would grow, and we need that. And I'm we glad may, that Honda's helping you out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we may you guys may be competing on the track, but at the end of the day, we're all in the same. We're all here on the same team to grow this sport. Yeah. And what, what's good for you know, <clears throat> everybody's good for the sport. Let's get more involved. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, can I get you guys to just hang on for like ten seconds? Absolutely, right. absolutely, Tom. Yeah, give me ten seconds. Right. Got it. I've been really pumped on this team this year, and yeah. Yeah, I've been keeping up with them for years, obviously. And uh, with, uh, I mean, they had Chiz back in the day. Yeah, you know, last, had, yeah, yeah. had him twice. Yeah. yeah, he's been on that team two different times. And Pike Road for him. You know, yep. Freeze has been there for gosh years. You know, yeah, he's a backbone of it, like you know, staple. I believe so. Yeah, him, and then of course, my, you know, Mike and Jeff. Mike, Mike carried the torch for yep. a long time. Yeah, Genova seems to be he, – he's in the sport because he loves it. That's, yeah. That's thank, what we need. Thank God for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad we have somebody like him around. And uh, I can respect that he makes decisions that ain't always popular, but that's what he believes. Yeah, and he stands by it. I'm, I'm, I'm all over that one, dude. Well, and he obviously stands by his team because there has been drama, whether it be Vince – or, you know, things that have happened in the past, and he stands by his team, and that's what a team owner needs to do. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a dad. I mean, he, he may have to reprimand you, but you're still his kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. So he's he's still on your team whether he thinks you're, you know, doing and the they, right and thing. And they have freaking Berluti. That's that. we got to get to that here in a second. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, Yeah, I'm back. I'm, okay. I'm back with you guys now. Cool. We're just uh, – we're sitting here just having – basically having a discussion, talking about – you know, to the different writers you guys have had over the years. Obviously, uh, Jamie sitting here is probably the biggest Kyle Chisholm fan on the planet. Yeah, I'm, I'm Team Chiz for life. So, Ch- yes, Chisholm spent two different stints with you guys. Vince Freeze has been there yeah, for a long. I, I'm also team. I'm also team Chisholm for life. Just so you know. Right on. <laughs> There's hardly a nicer yeah. guy out there in there. Kyle's awesome. I, I think a lot of him. You know. He's super good to work with. He's smart about the bike. He's not a lazy guy. He works hard. I mean, uh, I have nothing but good stuff to say about him. He's a top. He's a top-notch dude for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you guys have had everybody from Michael Lessie, Weston Pike. I mean, lots of different good guys over the years, and it just keeps getting better and better. And now, got it, Weimer right now. Jake Weimer's over there too. Jake Weimer's a personal favorite of mine. I've, I've always, you know, rooted for Jake. But but as far as wrenching goes, now you got Mister, you know, a, a longtime legend, Tony Berluti's in there, and uh, man, how how cool is it to work with somebody that's this? I mean, he's intense, I think, when it comes to work, but he's so cool to talk to, you know. He has got so much history, and he's got so much experience. It's uh, second to none. So hey, Tony, I want to ask you, you know, 
we are we are all big pulp fans, so we've heard the history that you've had on Pulp MX. Um, we know that there's been some pretty crazy years with you and Mike, and you've said that you're less crazy now. I don't remember what the percentage was, but fifty, I believe, fifty percent less crazy. But in all honesty, reality, how much stress was lifted when you don't have to be the manager of your son on the same team? At, you know, because as a parent, you're you're more worried about you know you're you're probably more worried about injuries. You get more stressed out about things like results with your own son, how much has that really uh, improved your demeanor, not having Mike in, on the Supercross team this year? Well, it's it's definitely become a different situation. So, like, now I'm dealing with guys on the business side of it only. Right. So the racing part, the training part is not involved anymore. You know, so my job is basically to cater to their bike to make it as good as it can be, to be at the test sessions, to be for, there for them at the races if if I can guide them or help them, and that's it. You know, when you're dealing with your own son, it's way more involved than that. I mean, sure. you're waking up in the morning, you're, you're probably doing some work on his bike yourself. You're going out to the track and prepping the track and watering the track, and it's hot and bugs are biting you, and then you go from that step to, you know, running the whole practice program and going to the gym and with the trainer, and it becomes like like a long, you know, drug-out thing every day, you know? And, you know, now it's, you know, hey, we set the bikes up, we go to the track, we do some, we do some riding, we do some testing, we go back home, we prep the bikes, and the day is over, you know? And uh, it's not, uh, it's just not so involved you know i mean i mean i can't even tell you how many hours i spent in hospitals and <laughs> right. doctors and chiropractors and you name it i mean it's just endless hours you know and working on the track i mean getting up at like four in the morning to go down there and water and prep and then they get there you know and it's uh yeah it's, it's just for me it's a lot it's a lot easier to just address the needs of the rider when it comes to the track and bike. Sure, I can imagine. Well, I like, uh, and, and I don't think anybody probably worked harder than you. And that's that. What what you what you guys were were doing, your prep work and all that was highlighted on uh, you know the moto inside the outdoors a couple different seasons. And then uh, my my buddy Jason Langford, I believe, spent some time out there with you guys. And um, I mean, dude, I, everybody I know that's had any involvement working with you guys has nothing but good things to say, and, and more specifically as to how organized and how serious you are with this. And uh, there, there's no joking around with it. And, and obviously, that's what it takes, right? That's what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, like I said, with Mike, I mean, I mean, we were trying to be the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And. Yeah. Um, and, and that requires, like, a, a level of commitment and dedication and focus that is so crazy high to do it. And that's why these guys at the top level, they don't last there long and they're out because it's just too much effort to, to stay there and to get there and to be part of it. It's, it's super hard, you know, and so more probably more mentally than physically, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard at the top, you know, I've heard that a couple of different times and in different ways that they say it, but man, it's, it's tough up there. 
And so, uh, like I said, I lived a lot of years of it. I mean, Mike was a top amateur for many, many years, and and that has its stresses of its own. You know, when you're you know you're not dealing with professional racing, you're dealing with amateur racing, which is man, it's gnarly. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. <laughs> then we had uh, 12 seasons of pro racing, and probably I would say a good five years of being a championship contender. You know, I mean then. 2005, Mike was second in the championship mm-hmm. overall. Into 2006 and in 2007, those three years he was his first year, obviously in 450 as a rookie, he was runner up in the 450 class to Grant Langston, and so we were in the championship hunt nonstop, you know. And and, uh, and then again in 08 and 09 when he got on factory Suzuki, and, and especially in 09 he was good enough to be. For sure, it looked like champion guy, you know, for that year. But yeah, it didn't work out because yeah. they got injured, you know. But um, like I said, I mean, we were doing everything at a hundred and fifty percent to to beat the best in the world, you know. And it it never quite worked out. We were five times a runner up in the series, you know, and um, the championship. And so, I mean, I can be happy with that. It wasn't what the, the goal was. The goal was obviously to beat the best in the world. It, we missed it, you know, by a little bit. But the ride was great, and I enjoyed it, and obviously I learned a lot from that. And and from those things that I learned, I'm able to pass it on to the riders that I work with now. And yeah. as long as the riders buy into what my experience is and they're willing to go with it, you can see that it gets results. And so, uh, yeah. I believe they That's do. I believe they do buy into it, though, because from every one of your guys that I've interviewed, they said if there's something they need or if there's a suggestion they have that you will go, that you will jump through hoops, over fences, and through you know, run through a, a briar patch to get that for them. And not a lot of team managers yeah. will do that. Most of the time, there's a lot of corporate innuendos, nonsense. Hey, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And uh, I, I think I think you're gaining a, a, a following out there that you probably didn't expect to get. And you're probably having a lot of people bugging, you know, blowing your phone up. Hey, let me let me let me talk about next year. You know, which is a hell of a problem to have. You know, but a pro, you know. So I think you're doing well with that, and uh, you're becoming vastly probably one of the premier teams out there that people want to ride for. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys um, seeing that. Yeah, and I want to say something based off what you just said a minute ago about you wanted to be the best in the world, but you 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 know you got second five times. Um, very few people can be the best in the world. It's very very small percentage of people get to be the champion, but it, the the percentage of people that are second best in the world are very small too, and that's something to be massively proud of. You know, I mean. You didn't win the championship, but there's not many people can say they were the second best in the world. No. You know, yeah, you... And, and like I said, every one of those seasons, man, has its it has its ups and downs, yeah. and it's learning, and it's it's it. You know, the 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 excitement of winning particular races or events, and the disappointment of having problems. You know, of a you know, foot pick goes through a case or first turn crash. I mean, it's yeah. it's a very it's a big roller coaster, you know. But the ride is is awesome, you right. know, all the way through it. So, hey, Tony, uh, one of our sponsors is a guy named Dane Evans. He is a uh, distributor of Amsoil, and he sent me a couple questions. But I have one in particular I wanted to ask you. Um, his question was, what what is your most memorable highlight in racing, whether it be as a father or part of the team, just in general? I would say it's a tie. Um, 
obviously the Daytona win for ourselves, our team, our crew, our everything ranks number one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But a very tied number one for me was when a 16-year-old kid named Michael Effie, who was in ninth grade, went to Steel City and said, no, I'm not going to ride the 250 class. I'll ride the 450 class with no help whatsoever. And because uh, we weren't going to, we would got support if we were at road 250. But he debuted at 16 years old and had some struggles at Millville and then went to Steel City and put it on the podium with Ricky Carmichael and Kevin Windham. And I believe it's the only time in the sports history you'd have to probably look back that a 16-year-old kid, ninth grader, is sitting on the podium in the premier class, you know? And so uh, that would be a very, very tied with all the experiences that we had there from Daytona. Well, I tell you what, that, I, I, I like those two. Those are two things that you should highlight. They should be your favorite. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike showing up as a, uh, you know, a teenager, uh, a ninth grader at that in the big boy class and doing what he did is, is an amazing feat. And, I mean, well, if you walked away just stone cold quit after that, you still accomplish a lot, in my opinion, there, you know? But, and I yeah, think- no, it was, it, was, it was such an amazing thing, you know? We went there, and, you know, he had to, he had to qualify through a race or whatever they were doing in those years, and he won that thing. And, and then uh, his qualifying times were good. They were right with, you know, Chad Reed, and we were like, man, we might be able to be on the podium here today, you know? And so... That was what we were thinking the whole time, and you know what you think about is what you bring about, and so it all kind of it worked itself out, you know. And his his speed was good on that day. There was so many talented guys that Mike had beaten, you know, from David Villeman, Chad Reed, to Jeremy McGrath, Sebastian Tortelli, Tim Ferry. Um, I mean, Nick Way in his prime. I mean, there was just lists yeah. of guys who were of huge caliber. And here's Michael Essie, he's 110 pounds on a 450 and letting her hang out. And he just got it done, you know. And that was just a, a mind-blowing day for myself, something I'll never forget. I'll take to my grave. Um, and no different than, you know, like I said, at Daytona with Justin Bray, we we took our little train that could, and we, we took the, the oldest guy in the field and brought him to, you know, the top of the chart at the biggest most prestigious race there is you know and uh, i mean honda's been trying to win that thing for for the last 10 years right. and we took the oldest guy out there and with our bike and our program and our thoughts and we went there and, and made it happen and so it's huge it's a huge thing those are both like i said they're, they're equal to me that's awesome and, and, and I, I am uh, i'm happy for you guys i really am i think it's fantastic to see the little guy Beat the big guy. Yeah, I love it too. The bully. <clears throat> One more question, Tony. Now you've got two young daughters. Are, are you are you do, are you thinking they might want to do the racing thing too? Or I mean, do you even care at this point? Are you just happy that if they find something they love for them to do that, or or how's that going? Are they, well, are they leaning towards it? Well, let's put it this way: they're little right now. They're <laughs> two, almost two, and six months old. But I can tell you what I'm going to be doing this summer is I'm promoting a mini junior. Supercross series. We're building at Milestone a, mi- a junior Supercross track with small obstacles for little bikes to do and little kids to ride. And it's only mini program, no adults, no big bikes. And uh, I have the classes broken down super tight, even for like four and under shaft drive and 
girls' classes, and so I'm laying the platform <laughs> right That's now for awesome. them. If they're, if they're interested in doing it, the platform will be there. Awesome, yeah. awesome. That's well, really cool. I tell you what, we've not seen a female make it to the top, but if there's one guy that can get them there, it'll be you, Tony. <laughs> thanks again for your time tonight, Bull, Bullfrog Spas, Smart Top Moto Concepts, Hondas, Tony Alessi. Thanks again, buddy. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, Tony. Take Anytime, care, buddy. Tony. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Talk to you guys later. All right. Great interview. Tony is uh, he's forthcoming. He's honest. He'll tell you exactly what's on his mind, exactly what the truth is. You can't ask for that anymore from somebody. And as much scrutiny as he's come over, uh, come under through the years, I love seeing a guy come out on, on the other side of that and come out in the good on the other side of that and prove everybody that, hey, maybe I'm not as crazy as you thought. I know what the hell I'm talking about, and he does too. Kids just stress you the fuck out. They do. They, they're, they'll they run you crazy. Watch yeah. my wife you know, interact with my daughter. Put put the microphone on, babe. Put it on. My wife, Kylie, yeah, me, sitting here turn, with us guys. I don't have her uh, and, uh, mic you, on. Just uh, watch. You can just see it. And it, it – when she does something, you know, uh, never, never mind. This ain't work. This you got to flip them over. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Say hi, Kylie. Hey guys. Can you hear her, Jamie? Uh huh. Put it closer. There you go. Okay, this is my first time, so hello everybody. It's not hello. picking her up. It's not picking you up. Mm-hmm. Hold on, just saying. Mike's on, but I don't know, man. Mike's on. Is it, is she plugged in? I don't know. It, yeah, it, it looks like it is. Hold on. That one's on. Maybe that's. Maybe your headset mic went on. Yeah, put that. There you go. Hey guys. No, nah, that's better. That, that's uh, that's the commercial. <laughs> so, oh. Hey guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you should recognize her. Which one? That's the, the shock socks shock commercial. Socks, leaky yeah. seals. <laughs> the leaky seals one. She doesn't like your leaky seal. No, I don't. <laughs> she she has to do your laundry. <laughs> yeah. She likes the other leaky seal though. Lord have mercy. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, chime in on this. As parents, your kids your kids act, make you crazier than anybody else ever will, right? They really do. They try you every no, day. Every day. So you can imagine Tony Alessi has two kids, very close in age, very high-level elite racers, both coming up at the same time, both turning pro right around the same time. Imagine how crazy that was. And, and him being a single father on top of that, dragging them all over the country, and that's all they do is race dirt bikes. I'd be in nut house. If oh, I, yeah. I'd be it's in the nut house if I were Tony Alessi. The competition between just those two girls alone—they're both. Girls well, no, 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 no. He's got two young daughters now. His two older ones are grown. Right, Bo- that's both what I'm of saying. them are done, are retired if racers. If they both want to do this as they get older, just yeah. think about the competitiveness between both of them in one household. Right. I mean, amongst everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be crazy. I have a feeling though this this time around, Tony's been there, done that, he, and he's experienced all levels of racing. He'll have it on. He'll have it down yeah, to a science. Yeah, I bet he'd go about it a little different. Yeah, no, he'll have that down to a science. He'll know exactly what to do. So, good talking to him, guys. We're gonna take a com- quick commercial break and bring- be back with Mr. Scotty Atkins from Pro SX MX Tech. Who's Who's next? Dave Castillo. Is oh, we had to shuffle. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the man needs no. That man there needs no introduction either. If you don't know who David Castillo is, you're not paying attention. But we'll be back with David Castillo. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to the Moto X-Pod Show. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. 
Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work, so give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214-402-8565 or check them out at www. 5 starroofingoftexascom or on Instagram at 5 Texas, and that's the word 5 F-I-V-E so check them out call Chad Mayo and get a great deal tell them Moto X-Pod sent you Darkside here are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer well if so then you need to check out MX Girl Designs from custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472 or email Shar, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her, Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout out, Mad Jack Synthetic, dealers of Amzoil Products, All Sport Dynamics, MX Girl Design, Shock Socks, and Five Star Roofing of Texas. Coming up next, uh, former longtime pro racer, professional stuntman, uh, Asterix uh, knee brace guy. I don't, Dave, you got too many titles, bud. I'm just going to have to let it go there. David Castillo, what's going on, dude? Oh, you know. All of those things that you mentioned. <laughs> all, all that and then some, huh? Now, and, and then some, yeah. Now, real quick, my wife doesn't know this. She's sitting here with first time she's ever sat in. He knows Channing Tatum, baby. Uh-oh. Yep, she, she's walking out of the room now. But it, uh, <laughs> anyways, if you saw Davey, you might not – you might think the same thing. He, he's, a, he's a handsome man. Let's just put it to you that way. But what's going on in the world to you, bud? Oh, gosh, man, so much. Uh Super, super busy in, in the stunt world right now, thankfully, because that's a, that's a roller coaster ride of busy, not busy, busy, not busy. But at the moment, it's, it's crazy busy, which is always nice uh, for, the, uh, for the checking account, not great right. for the family. Can you, can you say what you're working on right now? Uh, well, right now I'm working on three different things. So I'm, I'm working on two television shows. One of them is called Animal Kingdom. It's on uh, TNT. And it's uh, it's kind of a cool uh, point break style, like a uh, lot of you know motorcycles and cars and and surfing and just awesome. stuff that's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, and yeah then awesome. I just yeah, and then I just started um, the show. It's called Mayans, and it's uh, 
it's the spinoff from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been waiting on that one. Yeah, so I'm doubling uh, a guy on each of those, and um, and then uh, right now on the weekends I'm running. Uh, you guys know Regis Harrington, you know. I know who he is. Yeah, AKA a- 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 Andy Harrington. Yep. Is that the one so with he, the? Uh, uh, is that the one with the back tattoo? He does have a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, a few years back, we did a, a Bourne movie, and I was riding a camera bike on it, and it, he kind of got this this uh, hair up his butt to, to build a camera bike, and he did it based on a um, on a, a zero electric bike, and and so he built one, and and his his company called Covert Camera Vehicles has become super successful in in the industry, and so right now I'm working on. Um, I'll just say a Marvel film because I did sign a non-disclosure on that one okay. today. A, Mar- a Marvel film, uh, but I'm running that camera bike. So I, I, he's out of Louisiana, but I keep one of his camera bikes at my house. So right now I'm doing some camera bike work on the weekends because uh, we are able to, they're able to close down roads uh, on the weekends, and, and we're doing some uh, some fun stuff. And I'm riding a camera bike, which is which is really uh, a fun different angle to the stunt world. So it's you know still considered stunt work, but it's um, it's also behind the camera, so um, it's interesting and, yeah. and and it's it's sketchy at the same time. Uh, sorry, my, my my child is right here. Hold on one second. No, no problem. Hey, Jonah, I'm, I'm, he's going to jump in. Bye, thank you. Uh, tutor life. Tutor life. Yeah. Hold on one second. I've got one in tutoring too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jonah, I'm on the phone with some friends right now, doing a little talking about some stuff. Okay, so. We're gonna zip it. You can listen. You can listen. You can say hi. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Jonah. What's <laughs> up, buddy? Uh, Steph. Okay. Hey, Steph. I gotta finish this. We're gonna be home in five minutes. Okay. okay. One question. One question. Go. Why does it say eat the elephant right there? Because that's what I was listening to when they called. I was listening to a perfect circle. And it's called eat, eat the Maynard. Elephant. Maynard. Yeah. I was listening to some Maynard. I love me some Maynard. I am a massive Tool fan. And so have you, I got to ask then, because as am I, uh, have you listened to this new Perfect Circle uh, record? No, I actually planned on, planned on downloading on iTunes tonight. So do yourself a favor. Don't, don't have any preconceived notions about it. Okay. I, I honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. And now I can't turn it off. But it's nothing, it's nothing like you'll expect. Okay. Well, man, if he if he's doing the vocals, I'm in. Like Pussifer, Tool stuff yeah, he's done yeah. with, uh, you know, other yeah, the stuff he did with Rage Against the Machine, the one song, man, anything he does, I love his voice, so I'm down. I, I agree, and his voice is amazing in this too. Yep. But the music is just quite quite different from what you're going to think it is going to be. Well, I'm so freaking excited that they're finally tracking the new Tool songs. It's it's been like what twelve yeah. years, something like that. It's been yeah, a while, right? Yeah. Hey, so since we were talking about the the movie stuff, the stunts you do, like I have a, a short list here. I looked at your IMDb. Yep. You worked on Dudley mm-hmm. Do Right with Brendan Fraser, Robocop, Chips, which is one right. of my favorites because I love Dak Shepard, Jurassic right. World, Born Legacy, Iron Man, and then I saw that you worked on one of my favorite TV shows, Chuck, which I did not realize. I don't think I don't know anybody right. that even liked Chuck, but I love Chuck. Yeah, well, Chuck was a um, it had a. It had a, it had definitely had a little a, a niche audience, uh, 
of people who loved it and still do. There's still a whole community of people out there I get hit up by just Chuck fans, you know, yeah. and, and they, love, they love anything Chuck or anything that I got from the show. Um, you know, they, they, a lot of people, hey, can I, will you send me that? Will you give me that? Yeah, yeah. Chuck was fun. Chuck really um, was a turning point for me because it was, you know, prior to Chuck, which was, I think, 2007, I was... You know, I, I would do motorcycle work for the most part, and and I would get um, you know this and that the other thing. I you know, I'd learned a lot of different disciplines of, of the stunt world, but I wasn't necessarily being employed for them because people don't you know they didn't know me for that. They they have to trust who they're hiring to do the right job safely and that. But Chuck was cool because the the stunt coordinator on that, whose name was Merritt Bianca, was really um, open to to allowing me to to learn sort of on the job and entrusted me with a lot of different things that I was able to learn from him because he, he was a, he's a, obviously being a stunt coordinator you end up you know you come from a, a long uh, career of doing stunts so he's, a, he's an amazing stunt man and, and great stunt coordinator and super nice guy so that Chuck was great because I, I really learned a lot on, on the seasons that I did, I did there and, and also met a lot of people through all his hiring of other stunt people and stunt coordinators so that I would say that Chuck was really what made stunts my definite career uh, from that point on because it was just it became solid after that. So Chuck is a good is a good a good thing for me. Absolutely. Now jumping back a little bit, how did the stunt thing come together? Did you just was it just because you maybe you knew somebody you'd been you know you'd been a pro racer done some freestyle stuff some of the movies? How did all that come about for you? It, it really was a surprise. I, I wasn't, I wasn't actively seeking to do anything in, in film or, or stunts or anything. I didn't really know much about it. And, and at that time, uh, which would have been like '99, I think I, you know, I, I, I wasn't racing. I, we, you know, we done the Great Western thing in '96, and and that kind of folded up. And I was, you know, I wasn't going to just keep spending money to race and, and you know. Uh, last chance qualifiers weren't going to pay the bills, so <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, that's that's also when we started. That's also when we started Asterisk, and so I was, you know, doing the Asterisk thing, and also um, playing around with the, you know, the video parts, uh, like you know, the, the Crusty Demons of Dirt and and those types of things, the the Moto Triple Xs and all that fun stuff, and I was. Uh, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I, I got a phone call one day, and, and it was, gosh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Brian Manley. I want to say it was Brian Manley. I could be wrong. And Brian said, hey, do you want to come to Canada and and do a film? Uh, and, and, and in my head, a film was, you know, Cross the Game is a Dirt segment. Yeah, yeah. So I right. said, I said, yeah, I said, sure. Yeah, sounds good. When is it? What is it? I wasn't super excited about it. And, uh, and, and he goes in it and, you know, you, you'll, you'll make some money. And I, and at that point, you know, I, I at least wasn't making money doing, doing video parts, um, that stuff. So I said, Oh, sweet. Well, like how much money? And he's like, well, you'll be there for like a week. You, you'll probably make about five grand. And I went, Oh wow. Five grand. Cool. Well, nice. Sure, I, I'm in. You know, I'll do it. And so, so I. It was funny because I, 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 nobody told me anything. Um, I, I didn't really, wasn't really reading between the lines because I didn't know what I was looking for with emails and things coming in. But 
so I go to the airport to, to, to get my ticket, and it's a first-class ticket. I'm thinking, wow, that's, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and I get on the plane, and and Mickey Diamond's in, in the seat in front of me, and Jim Hawley's next to me, and I'm going, what what is this? And, Man, you know, Manley's there. I, I, was, I was confused. I didn't know what – I didn't really know what I was getting into. Yeah, yeah. And those, Different those mindset. Those guys have been doing yeah, those guys had been doing, you know, stunts a little bit prior to, to that. So they they were, you know, in that world, and they knew that there was this motorcycle. Before. So long story short, I get there and check into the Four Seasons, and I'm just, it's a whirlwind. Show up the next day on set, which I didn't realize was set. And, <laughs> and uh, and you know, there's these big stunt coordinators. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know anything. But long story short, um, uh, it, 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 it's a... It's a in Canada, because in, in America we make residuals, so I'll get paid up front, and then I get a percentage on the backside a year and a half, two years later, after it comes out on video and DVD and all that stuff. But yeah. in Canada, you can help it. You know, listen to the interview. Okay. In Canada, you get um, you, you get bought out. So on a Canadian contract, they pay you 130% on top of whatever you make that day. And then at the end of the film, they never pay you again. So you, you're not on a residual, which is a, which is a really cool way to do it. And I wish that they did it here that way. Um, so, uh, long story short, it was a big sequence. There was a lot of big dangerous stuff that I did. And, uh, of, long story short, the end of the week, I got a check for like $33,000. So I, I, I was scratching my head. I was really confused as to this whole thing. And, <laughs> and, uh, and obviously I was like, so how do I, you know, then I started like talking to these guys. I'm like, how do I do this for a living? How exactly do I do this? Cause this is, this seems way too good to be true. And, uh, obviously at, at that point, I, I really feel like they didn't want me to do it because, and then now I understand that because I don't want the younger, better guys coming into the business either and taking my jobs. Right. But there was, there was, there was definitely some resistance to it. And, and at that point I couldn't go get my SAG card because I hadn't worked in the United States. I'd only worked in Canada. Luckily they had to do some reshoots on the film and they did that in the U S and I was used for the reshoots to reshoots for the stuff that they had shot with my sequence. And then I was eligible to pay for my SAG card, which of course I did. And then that's, you know, from there, it was just a lot of uh, boots on the ground and, and, and hustling people for, for work and jobs. And it, and, it, and it took a while. Like I said, it took till really 2007 with Chuck until I was I felt like maybe I was going to be a stuntman for a living, you know? Right. That's pretty cool, though. You know, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if you as a kid, you're, how old are you right now? Oh, do I have to stay? Well, okay, I'm 42. Are you older than me? Same age. I am older than you. I'm okay. I'm 45. Okay, yeah, so you 45. grew up. You grew up in the era of the Fall Guy. I mean, as a kid, I wanted. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be Fall Guy, man. Yeah, I wanted. Too, to, I wanted to have Heather Thomas on my arm, and I wanted to jump out of airplanes and jump trucks and cars. Yeah. And, and you're that guy, man. That's frick. You're the it, Fall Guy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though because I, I did grow up watching the Fall Guy, but I never thought about doing it. Uh, the Heather Thomas part for sure. But yeah, yeah. As yeah, far as oh, the rest yeah. of it, I. I didn't, it never occurred to me like that it was even like something that, that would be available to me. Really. Right. So I, it just was like, Oh, that's, you know, there seemed to be a cool. lot of old moto guys involved in that too. Like rich Taylor, like Jim Holly did it for a long time, I guess. So there's a lot of, a lot of you guys out there. Yeah. Well, if you look at the uh, sort of the heritage and the, the history of it, a, a lot of the guys 
RX Moto guys who maybe weren't the top of the list guys, like you know, like me. Like I'm a you know, re- you know, I'm I really am nobody in motocross, but you know, I've made That's a good career. And and well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, <laughs> compared to the people I compared to the group of people I was riding and racing with, so. But I've made a good career in stunts, and, and that seems to be a, a lot of the history of stunt people. Uh, Nick Rogers and, and a handful, a big handful of guys came from being really, really good motorcycle racers and riders, uh, desert riders, you know, uh, Jay and Roberts and Jimmy Roberts, and, and all of these guys um, found a career in in stunts. And, and it was, you know, they, a lot of those guys who did were from the, the San Fernando Valley of California, where, where movies were at least at that time, all made. So it was sort of a natural progression. And, and you know, as I learned, most people, if you're, if you're good on a motorcycle, if you have that ability to feel the ground and understand things that are happening, then you're probably going to be a good stuntman because you have timing, you have feel, you have good judgment. And those are, those are a lot of the traits you need to apply to everything you do in stunts, regardless if you're on a motorcycle or in a car or getting out of the way of a car on foot or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I wish I had those feelings, of that, that ability <laughs> level. I mean, yeah, we, I don't have we those all feelings. ride, but we don't. Like, I, I've heard, like, Chris Kiefer talk about, you know, feeling the flex of a tire and, and these things. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel any of you that. You know what I, just, I have when I go ride is hurt feelings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I've got. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Keith. Keeper's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, nobody feels nobody feels the flex of a tire. Okay, well, uh, I, I'm glad you're saying that because it makes me feel a little bit better. But he tells me <laughs> things sometimes. I'm like, are you serious? Come on, I'll, man. I'll ask his opinion on little things, and I mean, I'm just a I'm a vet amateur vet rider. So is Mark. But I still ask his opinion on certain things, and then he gives me an answer. I'm like, oh, that that doesn't really help me because I don't have that talent. <laughs> yeah. But hey, let's. No, you know he, he he may very well feel that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I would I would I would have to press him on that pretty hard. <laughs> right now, do you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, guys. y'all have the uh, the very the world famous Castillo Ranch. Are you got are there guys still training out there? Is that I mean I know like Intignap and Roxon and a few guys have recently been out there. Are y'all still doing doing that out there? Not not as much as it used to be. It's you know. It's it's a big property, hard to maintain. It's actually kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest. But you know, Kenny Kenny um, has been you know, uh, well, Chad had kept it for a couple of years, the Supercross area, and done his thing, Reed, and then Kenny sort of took that over. And then the excuse me, the Indignaps live you know, it's fifteen minutes from there, so they use it, and a lot of Central Coast guys use it, um, and they keep it up. You know, we, my dad and I, don't really do much with it anymore. So. Um, yeah, we it, it it's it's faded off and it's it really deserves honestly to be maintained. Uh, I would love to turn it into some big like West Coast training facility, but I I don't have the time and and money to do something like that. But it would be really cool to to see somebody come in and and turn it into you know the Castillo Ranch West Coast training facility. Yeah, that would uh, be a draw for all sure. Of, all of like Baker's Factory style thing, yep. you know. So. I've, we've looked into that and talked to some people about it, and there's, you know, constant talk and thoughts about doing that. There's, you know, and there's thoughts about even just selling it to somebody to to let them do that because it's it's really, you know, beyond my use and 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 my dad's use at this point. It's just a it's just a big, big weeded out 
500 acres. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I tell you, that place yeah. has got a lot of history, and I, I do hope somebody does, you know, <clears throat> takes it and, and keeps it keeps it going as, as a motocross facility of some sort. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would be, it would be nice. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, daily almost we talk about what we should do with that place because it's a, <laughs> It is a big burden when you're not in the middle of, of being a racer or, or doing that stuff where you, you can concentrate on it, you know? Right. Hey, so, Dave, I want to ask you a little bit about asterisks. Um, so, mm-hmm. first of all, just to give you a little background, I've never worn knee braces until literally the Saturday before last. Um, right. I, I got hooked up with Randy and uh, Mike over at Asterisk Now, and they, uh-huh. they, they asked me to become a rep, uh, basically because I'm a rep for All Sport Dynamic wrist braces and Jeff Brewer kind of yeah. set that up. Anyway, they sent me a set of knee braces. So I got them like cool. Thursday, two weeks ago. I fit them. I put them on for the first time at the race Saturday and never even noticed they were on. So it's an amazing product. Now, I don't know how far that product's come since you have been involved with them, but they're pretty, um, they're pretty amazing yeah. product. They are. Uh, the, the product, you know, so we, we um, sold – that company, you know, it's got to be a couple of years ago now, but right. you know, I'm, you know, and I'm, I know Mike Byer, Mike Byer was part owner of it prior to that. And now he's a bigger owner. Um, and, and my dad was the majority owner and now he's a small shareholder. I personally am completely out of it. And okay. I just wanted to concentrate on, I just wanted to concentrate on, on my career as, as a stunt person. And I didn't really want to be involved in, in business. <laughs> Although I'm involved in, I am involved in business again, uh, with the AC systems thing, but, um, the, the brace really, seems to me looking from the outside um i haven't gotten a new pair from them probably in i don't know a year now but they did send me uh, a, a set probably a year ago uh and it was the exact same brace that you know we had designed and, and worked on and i don't think they're going to really go away from that there's really right. no need it it essentially has been the same brace since day one the, the redesign on it way back in the 2008 or whatever just fixed a couple little issues and 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 you know but it was essentially the exact same design and theory on on protecting the knee joint. Uh, so, well, so, so really, what, I don't see that you know, brace changing. What got you involved with that to begin with? I believe your dad had some involvement with CTI or something along yeah, those your lines. Yeah, started CTI. Okay, right? started CTI. Okay. Right. So my dad, yeah, he he created, invented, whatever you want to say, the CTI knee brace uh, way back in '83 um, after he was run over by a car and blew his knees to shit. And he, um, can I say? Yes. Shit? You can say whatever you want, <laughs> okay. Dave. All right. All right. Um, so my wife's looking at me funny cause I'm sitting in her car in the driveway. But, um, <laughs> talking to your girlfriend. Still there? Hold on one second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to text her while we are talking. How's that? Oh, okay. That. Science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he was hit by car and they told him, you're not going to ride moto. You're not going to ski because there's no, um, real proper knee brace out there to do it. So that's when he went in and, and, and kind of made the CTI and, and that, you know, that's, that, that story is pretty well known by everybody, but oh, there's my alarm that you're going to call me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, just real quick <laughs> to interrupt you just real quick. I apologize. Before we came out of our last break, Mark announced the next guest is Scott Adkins, which he was right. I, I messed the schedule up. I, I had the schedule set properly and then I told him wrong. So I was supposed to call you in about 10 minutes. 
Well, some knee brace right. rip you well, are, I Jamie. I suck I'm sometimes. Just telling you know, I got you. a lot on my mind. So yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I mixed it up. I've already had to text Scott while we're talking and tell him I messed up. So <laughs> Anyway, I apologize for that. So, yeah, you were right. I was no. wrong. It actually works better because I promised my family I'd take them to dinner, and so this is going to work better. Perfect. Um, but what happened, how I was involved was, yeah, he did, he did, uh, the company was called Innovation Sports, and, and the, the knee brace was the CTI knee brace. So I, uh, when he sold that, uh, well, actually prior to selling it is when he decided he wanted to, there was sort of an internal struggle. He wanted to build a brace that was sold retail, and it was difficult to do. Um, it was difficult to do with, with, uh, inside of the innovation sports business structure because it was a, a product that was paid for by third party payer. It was, it was an insurance build type okay. of thing. And so you. to take a, take a product and sell it retail was going to be a difficult thing. So we decided to start a new company and that was asterisk and, and design a new knee brace. And, that, and that's how asterisk started. And, uh, you know, obviously asked me if I wanted to be involved and, and at that point, uh, like I said before, the racing wasn't kind of working out, and I wasn't sure where I was going. And I thought, sure, that's that's cool. If you've been successful in knee braces, I'll I'll take that ride, you know. So, um, so that's that's how I got involved. And then over the years, uh, I worked in different facets of that, mostly you know sports marketing stuff, the stuff right. that came easy and the people I knew. And and then as the stuff kept growing, and I had to. At a point, I made a decision to to stick with the stunt stuff and, and get out of the business. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's a good thing. I, I I don't personally wear knee braces anymore, but I did for a very long time. My first set was a pair of Asterix, and um, I mean, you can't really buy a better brace, in my opinion, And because uh, I've had some of the competitions since then, and that's why I'm not wearing them now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, right. I don't want to jump back to jump back to that and uh, – but hey, man! At, uh, one, I had another question. Do you you do ride still a little bit? Don't you? I do. Yeah, I do ride. I um, I, I haven't been riding in the last couple months as frequently as I'd like to because of the uh, the work schedule, and I'm just uh, now that I'm older, I'm I'm a little concerned about tweaking myself and not being able to make the next job and doing the best job I can. So, um, I I, I did blow my knee out again. <laughs> of all people to blow the knee out for the fourth time right. uh, on a job, not wearing knee braces, but uh, at the beginning of last year. And so I basically took the whole year off of work. And when I was cleared to work, rather than go back to work, I, I just decided I was going to go ride moto every single day that I could <laughs> I like at, 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 Zach, at Zaka Station. So I spent like the last two and a half months of the year just going to Zaka, to Zaka Station every day that it was open. That's awesome. And, and that was fun. I figured, you know, most of the years, Post, I might as well finish the year having fun. Right. So, um, I, I rode a ton, and and I felt really great. And 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 that track, if you ever have a chance to go out there, maybe you have. It's it's pretty much there. There's really nothing better. Right. It's, yeah. We're we're in East Texas, so we don't get to ride West Coast tracks too often. No, I've heard a lot about Zaka well, though. A lot of friends that have gone out there and ridden it. Yeah. So that's kind of now the bikes have been put away a little bit. I've been doing a lot of dual sport riding. That's really fun. Oh, nice. uh, I have the, the Husqvarna, the 501 uh, dual sport. And to be able to just throw on whatever level of gear you, you feel you need for that day. You know, some days I stick kind of mostly to the streets and just screw around in the back hills here where I live. Or, or I'll, you know, we'll go do some gnarly trail rides with, you know, uh, some of the guys up here. 
and and you can get fully moto geared up and and basically you're you're doing motos right out of your garage which is pretty amazing and it's all legal and you got a you know license plate and the whole deal yeah. and you can ride ride fuel up get lunch whatever you want right to the beach and and that is that's really kind of taken over my my motorcycling time because it's it's uh you don't load up you don't go to the track you don't unload you don't load back and come back wash your bike the whole deal you know you kind of just just go oh yeah so that's been the extent of my riding right now and, and it's it's super fun and that that motorcycles it's literally that that 501 husky is like having a, a motocross bike that they allow you to ride on the street not not quite as gnarly as that yami that nami 450 right you know, nothing compares to a Nami. No, nothing, nothing. No, I had. Uh, I've got a two two parter about about that. I know you probably get sick of answering fielding questions about that movie, but it's uh, Supercross the movie. It's still kind of a more of a cult type following movie now. Like I, I'll sit down and watch it every now and again, and I'm just like. Ah, this, right. this could have been really, really good, and it but, was no winners take all. It was no winners take all, definitely not. But well, no, we've never, never attained that level. <laughs> no, but it's still pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And my wife, of course, has yeah. written, has written another question down about Channing Tatum. She has to know because I showed her. I went through your Instagram while we were talking to you and showed her the picture of you guys there. She wants to know, yeah. like, did you have anything to do with him? Getting a dirt bike, or even, I mean, when you guys were there, I mean, obviously, I saw some pictures of him riding. She wanted to know about that. Yeah. Now, honestly, so when, when, when we did Supercross, that was Channing's, as far as I'm remembering, I think that was his first movie. I think so. And yeah. then, and then we didn't really stay, you know, we, you know, we all hung out for weeks and weeks and we all got to know each other. And, and I didn't really stay in touch with them. And then through mutual friends, um, only a couple of years back, we sort of reunited and, and he had gotten into moto. He's super into moto and sort of on his own, like his whole, his whole doing. So then we ended up, you know, riding moto and renting tracks. And then I went to his place and built him a, a track on his property. And, and he's, he's super into moto. And even more so now he's into, uh, like sport bike, like, like road racing, like that he'll go out and rent, rent, you know, uh, the big, the big raceways. And he is like, I can't keep up with him. <laughs> quite honestly on a sport bike he's so fast he's taken all the classes he's done all the things and he is legitimately super super fast on a sport bike that's awesome Very yeah cool. yeah, I yeah. Never, I... moto, moto he's a lot better on too he, he's 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 claiming he wants to learn some whips so <laughs> i told him I, I told him we'd get him to do a couple of baby whips but that's about it some yeah, butt whips tell him to stick with the baby whips yeah. those things hurt if you don't get he's them back gonna, around yeah, exactly. I told him he's going to swap the ground, so just prepare. <laughs> it definitely happens. But, uh, you know, yeah. hey, um, look look forward to seeing more of your body of work. I, I enjoy uh, following you on Instagram, seeing uh, seeing what's happening with sure. you. I do got to say thank you for one thing. The uh, the Todd Covey makes the, uh, you know, the smoker cross stuff, and you're the first guy yeah. I saw with one of those hats on. I'm obsessed with that stuff. I've gotten to know Todd a little bit through all that, and I've got yeah, probably awesome. I've got one of his hats on right now i've probably got 10 of them and uh so i oh, yeah. say thank you for that because that you're the your, your instagram page is where i first saw that i was like i have to have whatever wherever he got that i gotta have yeah. one so yeah no it's, it's great stuff right I, when i first saw it i fell in love with it actually i just texted him the other day i said i need some new stuff i need some <laughs> fresh like not i need stuff nobody's seen yet so send me the good stuff and and then we're gonna we're gonna have to blast it out on instagram again there you that's go that's awesome that's awesome well yeah. davy again thanks for your time tonight man we really enjoyed it this has been fun 
No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Dave. Thank you, man. Have a good one, bud. All right. Talk to you guys. Bye-bye. Dave Castillo, stuntman extraordinaire, still really fast on a, on a dirt bike, you know, in his own right. Oh, absolutely. The guy still yeah. rips. Sure. And, um, you know, uh, I think it was a Tampa 96 main event, and, uh, you know, they had the uh, Great Western Bank team that year with with Buddy Antonez, and uh, which I should have brought. I meant to bring Budman up through all this, but yeah, we just we had a lot to talk about with him. We could have yeah, done an hour with him. He's know? another guy we can get back on. It's just we, we're squeezing a lot of guys into a short amount of time tonight. Absolutely. So quick break. You know about yeah. all about that, Kylie? Don't you squeezing a bunch of guys in? <laughs> well, she deals with all my different personalities. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I meant. There you go. But anyways, guys, quick break. And be back. All right, guys, welcome back. Well, I'll tell you this. Our next guest, if any of you have aspirations of becoming a race team mechanic in the sport of motocross or supercross, this is the guy you need to talk to. Pro SX MX Tech, Scotty Atkins. Scotty, what's up, man? Oh, not much. Just here at the house getting ready to do this interview. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I, I got to meet you at St. Louis. Um, one of your students, Cade, uh, he, he searched me out and introduced me to you. Yes. Um, and then come to find out that one of our guests who we're going to talk to here in a little bit, Nick McCampbell, he, he went through your school. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so obviously we want to learn here a little bit about your school, but for anybody that is interested in becoming a mechanic, you got, you seem to be one of the guys that would be the best to learn from you wrench for, uh, Purcell, Kelly Smith, Nick way, Ryan Sipes, uh, J Mart, I'm probably a yep. bunch of others that I don't have a list for. Yeah. So give us a little yeah, bit of your history absolutely. and tell us about how That's you decided. That's a hell of a resume. Yeah, dude. how you decided to start this school. Yeah, well, I started out uh, as, a me- uh, as a racer, then I switched over and was a mechanic. Uh, I was a professional mechanic for 12 years. Like you said, I worked for Way, uh, Ryan Sipes, Jeremy Martin, Christoph Purcell, uh, Kelly Smith over at Yamaha Troy. I worked with James Pavoni as a privateer, um, Clark Stiles on the Subway Coca-Cola team. So a lot of years of experience, but, uh, you know, all these guys were coming up to me asking me how you get into the industry, you know, and, and what do you do? So I just took the initiative after I worked with Christoph Purcell, and, and I had kind of had this in the works for a few years, um, and this was actually my fourth year doing uh, the school. Next year will be uh, year number five. But I ended up uh, pulling the trigger on it, and it's worked out great. You know, I've placed many guys on the tour, and, you know, they, they come here to obviously try to get a job, but I want them to come here to get the education first and really understand how these these machines work. Um, and then after that, they prove to me that they can do it. Then, uh, you know, I, I work hard to, to try to place them. I've placed a lot of guys on tour. Uh, and you mentioned one, Nick McCampbell. He was one of my good students. He was an awesome guy. I knew he could make it. He just needed a chance, along with a lot of other guys. Yeah. Um, I have a guy over at Geico Honda. Um, Christian Ducharme, he's working really good with Hunter Yoder. He's on the 150 program. I have a guy working with Dakota Tedder. I have another guy who just left this year's school. He's actually going to work for, or he is working for March Banks, oh, cool. uh, Garrett March Banks. Yeah, so, I mean, the placement's there. you got to get in here, get the information, get the education, and work hard. 
and the placement's there. Like I said, I'll get you guys placed. Um, you know, if somebody's looking to, you know, it, it can't be real picky where you get placed, but right. uh, a lot of amateurs, a lot of privateers, and sometimes there's some really good placement, like the March Banks gig. I have two other guys. They're leaving uh, actually this week to go to Rock River, uh, the Yamaha team. And I have a guy working for Dakota Tedder. I have another guy working for Josh Moseman. So, like I said, the placement's there. You just got to get the education and work extremely hard. Yeah, I think the first time I heard about your school was actually uh, a probably what is a typical question went through the Pulp MX show. Somebody asked Mathis, you know, I, I want to become mm-hmm. a mechanic. How did you do it? You know, asking Mathis that. And what should I do? Should I go to right. M- MMI? And he said, no. He mentioned your school, which for the right, record yeah. is Pro SX MX. Pro SX MX Tech, and yeah, uh, and it's all in order: professional, and then supercross before motocross, yep. and then technician. That's so pretty, it's all in order. Smart. It's and it's laid out that way. Yeah. Um, and also that that's the website that I could get the domain name. So I wanted it to match the school. So I I had to search around a bit. Well, and what Cade was telling me, and a lot of the other guys I've heard is like you know, unlike the MMIs and stuff that you don't mess with street bikes, you do. Correct. It's all motocross, all models, yeah. and you show them everything down from suspension to splitting the cases. That's it. Everything. everything. So they now there's a, there's a lot of differences between my program and those other schools. Right. Um, and of course, uh, those other schools they're they're geared more for dealership. Mine's geared more to take you straight into the pro ranks. Um, I teach every brand, uh, and we have good equipment in there. You're not going to be in there working on an old street bike or a jet ski or <laughs> some, you know, <laughs> some old 125 from 1970. You know, right. you're not going to be working on it. It's all modern four-stroke fuel-injected stuff. Um, like this year, the guys had some really good equipment. I've got a deal worked out with a local bike shop, so we're getting some brand-new equipment. Uh, we had a 2018 Honda 450 completely torn apart. You learn everything on every brand, transmissions, the bearings out of the cases. I mean, we go through all the sensors, all the electrical, all the chassis, all the setups. I mean, you learn absolutely everything on every brand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I remember the first time hearing about this, uh, I think I believe you were on the Pulp Show with, with Mathis. And, uh, yeah, probably. I remember thinking, like, man, that, 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 that's why hadn't somebody thought about that before? It's an ingenious right. idea because I hear yeah. guys call in. I've, you know, a lot of guys I know that work on bikes, man, I want to work for a race team, man. I want to work for a race team. Well, exactly. now all yeah. they got to do is come see you and your, your, your placement rate is really high. Is it not? Oh, it's, it's huge. You know, I've had at this point, uh, I believe 25 students not counting this year. Um, and I think 21 of those got placed. Nice. Now, whether awesome. they stick with it or not, that's a different story. Yeah, I've placed guys with Kyle Peters in the past, Chase Marquier. I've placed guys with uh, Rides Unlimited. I've placed guys with Cody Church. I mean, so there's a lot of placement there if they stick with it. And a lot of them have, and a lot of them haven't. I have another guy working for Ty Masterpool. He's helping out the star racing team a little bit um, once he starts, you know, get into his, you know, toward his pro career. Um yeah, I forget all the other placement. You know, like I said, I have a whole list of guys out there working now. Some of them are still with the amateur teams, and some of them are now with the pro teams. And like I said, Nick, you know, he's working for Vince. He's, yeah. he's, I mean, he's a good dude. He's a good mechanic, and I knew he could make it. You know, I can tell what you know what's a good mechanic and what's not. So the better ones I try to place with my better riders, and then the ones that I feel like, you know, they need a little more experience – then maybe they can uh, get with an amateur kid and kind of get some experience as the amateur kid grows. So I can kind of sense it, and I can kind of place where I feel the fit would be. 
Well, I think um, in the long run that's a good idea too, because you may help. You may take a guy that would normally he might not last very long, and that's all she wrote for him. Well, uh, now he gets with an amateur yeah. guy, slowly progresses and learns his, and it may end exactly. up being a really good pro mechanic one day. Yeah, and I had another guy come through. He was an older gentleman, so I mean, I don't discriminate. He was uh, fifty-five years old, and he was a good dude. You know, um, his name was Bill, and he's awesome. And I placed him down at MTF, and he, or south of the border, excuse right. me. And then he kind of was just a general mechanic there, and he could kind of pick and choose, you know, who he wanted to work for and help out and whatnot. And it was just a good fit for him, you know. So, like I said, I uh, I try to place the guys where I see fit and where they would work out. So. Well, Scott, just with your background, who who was the easiest rider that you ever wrenched for? Um, I mean, I I got along with all my riders. I mean, I I busted my butt for all of them. You know, yeah. I mean, I think I think Ryan Sipes and I we got along probably the best. Um, I mean, he's just a good dude, and I you know I really respect him and stuff. And and I I kind of quit on him because I I mean I was going to work for Jeremy Martin. You know what I mean? I knew that Ryan was kind of maybe getting toward the end of his motocross supercross career, and that yeah. kid was just coming in. So I mean I think Ryan was probably the best I've worked for. But like I said, I got along with James Favoni. I got along with Kelly Smith. I got along with you know Kristoff. I got along with every all of them. But I mean I don't think I gave him a reason to ever hate me. You know what I mean? I my bikes were perfect. I, I worked really hard for him and. I did everything I could for him, you know. So, sure. I mean, I think when you do that, you're going to get along with people. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> or your your riders. Yeah. I was just curious if so, one one was like picky. You know, some guys are really picky about lever position or, or things. No, like not really. I mean, I, once I have my setup or you know what they run and where they run it each week, I would just make sure it was exactly the same. So, like again, if you do that and you kind of double check yourself, there's yeah. no reason for them to complain because. It's exactly the same. And I use my iPhone. I have a level gauge on it so you can set your levers and stuff like that. So oh, cool. everything was exactly the same, you yeah. know, every week. So so I assume you uh, – were you at the race this weekend, or did you watch it on TV? No, I didn't go. I watched it on TV. Okay, so what do you think about the time frame that under pressure that the Husky and KTM guys got that front wheel change? Do you think that was well, pretty – Well, I know CeeLo – yeah, I know CeeLo very well. Um you know, in that much pressure, I don't care who you are. And all these guys talking crap, they can just sit behind their keyboards and keep talking. <laughs> exactly. Because I agree. They don't know until they're in that situation. And I think maybe what happened was the brake pad fell off of the hanger. I don't know this for 100% sure. Right. But when that happens, it is a pain in the butt to get back because your brake spring is, is putting tension on those pads a little bit so they don't chatter. Well, to get that pad back up onto the shelf, it, you know, it takes a little bit. It's yeah. like you gotta, you have to get it just right. And if that's the case, then that's why it took so long. And if not, you know, they weren't they weren't real prepared because like, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know he broke spokes. He sure. just came in pointing at the front wheel. So, you know, at that moment, you gotta you gotta get the wheel, you gotta get the cover off of the rotor, and you have to get the you know the the broken wheel off, and then get the other one on efficiently. And you know, he he's done it a billion times, correct? And probably in thirty seconds. Right. Just this time, it was it went wrong, you know. So, but you know, and again, you don't know what you know. You you don't know what to do when you're in that pressure. I mean, that's a lot of stress. Oh, absolutely. So the whole I time, give, I still give him all the credit. Yeah, I'm sure the whole time, you know, he knows the crowd's try, watching what's going on, and there's guys yelling, and <laughs> yeah, you know, and trying to get that axle through the two spacers and everything lined up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's. It, so, it, it it's not easy necessarily. I mean, when you just do it in your shop at the house, you know, sometimes it sometimes it just doesn't line up. 
Yeah, and I've seen him work. He, he'll do it a million times at the test track, and he'll have it done in 20 seconds, you right. know, just that one time. And if the brake pad's off the shelf, like I said, that's it's tough to get that back in sure. there and get that right. I know CeeLo well, and, like, I got your back, CeeLo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, you guys know, can talk all they want. But, they were talking you know, on, on Pulp last night, um, Charles Castellou, they, they were talking about that situation, and they figured out that even if he had done it 30 seconds quicker – he still would. Right. He was. That like, was a he, one point difference. Well, he no. He was like thirty two seconds behind the next guy. So even if they did, he still so, wouldn't have made up another spot. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it don't. It don't matter. It is what it is. Right. I think he can still win the championship. Obviously, and if they do, then that'll just be water under the bridge, and they won't worry about it. Now, if he loses it, you know, it's it's just one of those things that went down. You know, yeah. you can't. You know, you can't change it, and it is what it is. But well, nobody, nobody, you know, uh, purposely got in there and broke those spokes. That's racing. That's what happens, and you never know how yep. you're going to do anything and react anything until you're put in that situation. I'm sure that's the last thing they thought would happen yeah. that day. And uh, my and, you know, there's student, a lot of good. points. And, yeah, there's a lot of points and millions of dollars on the line. So obviously, you know, you're going to be nervous. I don't care how good and how long you train. And it's not like he's a rookie mechanic. He's He's one of the best in the business. I'll tell you that right now. So, yeah. um, you know, like I said, if somebody else thinks they can jump in there and do it just as quick or quicker, then you know what I'm. They're just full of it. So, absolutely, we train day in and day out to do this stuff. It's not like, and it, and it goes with. I always say this: that no matter what type of professional you are, you, you give your life to it. You absolutely one hundred percent. And those guys aren't any different. You know, I was no different. I, I've given my entire life to motocross and supercross. So we are, I mean, they're good, you know. Those guys can spin wrenches, and they know what's up. So whenever something like that happens, you know, it's just a freak thing, and, and it, it is what it is, you know. No, so. absolutely. Well, Pro SX MX Tech, guys, if you're interested, if you want to be a race team mechanic, get with Scott, email him, scottatkins862 yep. at yahoo.com. And uh, I think you're in good hands. I don't think you could be in any better hands. If you want to learn how it's really done from somebody that's really done it, this is the place for you. Yeah, it's eight month program. We cover a lot of, of everything that you can possibly imagine with the bikes, and we do some other cool stuff too. We do powder coating, Cerakote. We have a transmission machine that we polish transmission. I do an ASF process. You can look at Pro Gears, and that's Pro Gears with a Z at the end. Um, dot com. Check it out, and then we go through everything, like I said, all the electrical, not just bolt the component on, but what does that component actually do? You know, so you actually understand these bikes, you learn them. And then, like I said, when you leave the, the school into the field, you know, you're prepared and it proves that it's working because I've had those guys come in, they were greenhorns, they didn't know anything. And then once they got placed, they were successful because of the training here, you know. So we go through it all, man, and, and it's a re very, very detailed-oriented program. I don't leave any stone unturned. So when they leave here, they got to be prepared. Right on, bud, right on. Well, hey. I hope, uh, wish cool. you continuous good success and uh, keep up the good work. Keep what you're doing, and, and I know one day you're going to be, you're going to have commercials on TV, all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. We're going to be watching it during yeah. the race, and <laughs> all is going to be well, well my friend. Yeah, that's the goal, you know, is, is just to keep growing the school. And, it, you know, if anybody that's ever worked with me and that knows me, they know I don't settle. So I keep pushing to the next bigger and better thing, so. It's getting bigger and it's getting easier to place guys because now a lot of people are coming to me. So it's it's making my job a lot easier and it's better for the students because they actually get more opportunities to get placed. So awesome, awesome. Well, Scotty, we cool. appreciate appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Enjoy talking with you. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. All right, guys.
All right. Take care. Take care. Scotty Atkins, Pro SX MX Tech, good stuff, guys. And uh, well, we're gonna have one of his uh, star pupils on immediately following. So give us just a quick second, and we'll get Nick McCampbell on the line. guys again welcome back gonna get to our next guest long time supercross motocross factory rider championship winner main event winner oklahoma's favorite son the one and only trey canard trey what's up bud not a lot man how are you guys doing good doing good thought i'd mix that intro up a little bit and uh (laughs) you know even though we really know that guy cooper's oklahoma's favorite son (laughs) i just gave you the title instead so no i'm totally kidding but uh, that kind of surprised me, man. There's there's a uh, there's a lot of Okies, man. So uh, it's an honor. No, absolutely, absolutely. You Okies, y'all are a, a fast breed up there. I, uh, <laughs> you know, Robbie Raynard's like my hero of, of all heroes, and uh, I can't even count how many of you guys there are out there that just haul ass for back of a letter term, <laughs> lack of a better term. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, there's not a ton of riders coming out of the state, like. You think of numbers, just right. numbers. You know, right. not a lot of a lot of riders here, but um, a lot of fast ones. The, the ones that are, are fast. Got, yeah, yeah, we got some good riders. So, so Trey, the reason I contacted you, um, you know, not the the happiest of situations, I guess, but you've been deal, you know, you've been dealing with trying to bring some more safety consciousness to the professional uh, side of things, Supercross. And, you know, we here in East Texas had a fatality at one of our local tracks this last weekend. And I thought, you know, we're going to talk about this situation tonight. Why not try to get you on and and see, you know, what you've learned in the last uh, six months or a year that you've been doing this and kind of see where you're at and and maybe bring your opinions to, uh, you know, what we can bring to the amateur side too. You know, so so how has this – how has the – the same. what the word is I'm looking for how is the the goal of bringing more safety to supercross more awareness how's that been going it's uh it's been good man um definitely you know sorry to hear about uh, the loss uh, this weekend and I'm sure that was um brutal um but um uh yeah no it's 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 been a learning curve you know um uh, the thing about it is, is there's a lot of different opinions and yep um I'd say probably the the hardest thing to do is to get people to to really act. Um, you know, there's a, a a major corporation behind Supercross, and it typically, you know, if you got someone like myself trying to come into that, it's a slow process getting getting a foot in the door. So it's been a really slow moving process for me. So um, I, I have learned a lot though, and and I feel that. There's things that can be done, um, but I think the number one thing that needs to be done is is for people to, you know, be intentional about it. And you know, when we have horrible accidents or you know whatever it may be, we, we need to instead of talk about things and you know talk about how the sport needs to be safer and talk about how we need to do this and do that, we need to really be intentional about actually 
making changes, you know, and, and making sure that these things don't happen again. And, um, you know, it, it's difficult because, like I said, there's so many different opinions. So getting everyone on the, on the same page, I think, is probably why there's probably that lapse. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think it can be done. But um, it's going to take a lot of, of um, people that, that are really going to be intentional about it. Yeah, you know, just this is like I said, happened this last weekend, and and through some of our own friends we see on Facebook because it's a local track. A lot of people, like you say, have their opinions. Some people put some of the blame on the track. Some people, you know, put some of the blame on this guy was a a true beginner. My understanding, it was his first race ever. Um, you know, I I don't know if he was on a four fifty, which might if he was, that was probably too much power. I for think he was on a two fifty F. Okay, well, re- there's a lot of different. Um, opinions, like you say, a lot of different sides. Um, how how do you suggest we as riders get together with you know in the amateur side, the track owners, uh, if there is an organization like the AMA involved? How do we how do we have a discussion without pointing fingers? Because it's not been done <laughs> so, thus far, you know. Yeah, you know, I think these track owners, track builders are are good people. You know, it's, I mean, in general, um, especially at Swan, and I know, you know, Trey on on some level, and and um, I think he's a very good person, and um, and they they care. You know, I really believe they care um, about the people that enter their facility. You know, they they want to see people happy and enjoying racing, and and you know, even if they're terrible people. Um, they still need people to come to their races, so I mean, there's really no there's really no motive for them to hurt people or you know be careless. Um, so I think that the the first thing for me when I look at it is we we've got to just start the conversation a little bit with the people that are that are building the tracks and um, are putting the races on because um, they they get so much heat. Um, I mean, in Supercross, I was I only was able to do one one race this year, but um, the whole time the the builders and everyone we, they were just talking about how much um, heat they get. You know, they, they said that you know they just get kind of yelled at all the time, yeah. and they don't really know you know who to trust or what if this person is doing this just because it's uh, you know their bias and it's what they want to help them perform, or if it's a real safety concern, or, or you know there's a lot of Things like that. So, communication to me is number one. Like, if if there's any way that you know through um, you know a group or um, you know your local track that you can be have that open dialogue with the the builder slash owner, to where when there is a concern or, or I, I call them hot spots, these areas that you know we all kind of know can be a problem, um, and th- and then actually end up being problems. When there are these these types of places that you know the, the guys can get together, whoever that may be, and actually you know legitimize their concern and bring it to the right people. Um, unfortunately, there's not much of that happening as far as uh, AMA's involvement, or mm-hmm. um, there's really no group that that kind of uh, I don't know what the best word would be um, advocates for riders. And, and does it well, so uh, in that area. So, and that's what I've been trying to formulate and, and to do um, with with racing standard. 
but it's uh, it's it's a it's a tough journey, you know. But I think it's one worth worth going down. The, the other side of that too, not to be too long winded, but there there are great things happening, like with the USMCA. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but um, they're trying to create platforms for availability for coaches. So mm. yeah, you know, yeah, this guy's this guy's first race was this weekend. You know, he, he might not have, it might not have been, he might not have been ready, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak to that because I, I have no opinion or saying that right, right, right. about it, but sure. I'm, I'm saying, you know, there, there's, there's a lack of really good coaches, legitimate coaches, I think, um, that could really take people from the first time they throw a leg over the bike to the racetrack. Um, so, I think there's some good people, um, especially the USNCA, and, and um, I think there's a lot of people that really care about the kind of the future of the sport. Um, it's just getting those people to have the, the voice that they need to, to be able to make change. Well, I think a lot of, you know, the, starting to trying to have a conversation about this, at least on the amateur side, and it, it may trickle over to the same way, is that these track owners are used to the finger getting pointed at them. They're used to hearing lots of complaining. They're used to hearing a lot of people griping, bitching, saying this isn't good, this should be changed, it would be better if you did it this way, so on and so forth. So I feel like that's going to be a hard conversation to get started and for them to tr- go back to what you said about there being trust there. I, I know for sure like that's probably going to be hard to a hard force field to get through. So without somebody that's, that's non-biased that can advocate for that, I mean, it's it's a tough force field to break through, you know. And, uh, and jumping back to what happened this weekend – if that was his first official race, I don't think, you know, and it's too late to say anything now, but a Loretta's qualifiers is a hard one to start at. You've raced them. I've raced one or two of them. And the, the, the track conditions tend to get a little bit on the ragged edge, you know, and it's hard for even the good guys sometimes to stay upright. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I, I can't speak to, you know, the incident that happened, but sure. um, I mean, you know, who, who knows? I'm sure a lot of guys have raced their first race and, and been fine that way, but um, I think they're, they're, through through things like the USMCA, I think there can be a, a really positive change in that direction as far as a, a first rider out. But, yeah, I mean, what, what the goal is of racing standard is to create that advocacy, you know, that, that um, you know, maybe at some point, um, you know, regionally or whatever it may be, there can be that advocate that is legitimate and, non-biased and has the ability to look at things and and have that dialogue with the, the track builder and then and two you know i think a lot of people don't know who to talk to i mean i see that mm-hmm. in supercross a lot you know there, there was always concerns and um you know legitimate safety concerns but who who do i talk to you know who do i go to you know the the people the promoter? Do I go to the builder? Do I go to my team manager? Do I go to the AMA? It's, there's not really that one person that you know that you can go to that he'll legitimately look at your concern and 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 do his best to to make that change. So there really needs to be that person, in my opinion. Um, but it, getting that done is the difficult part. So, um, but but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because like it's the same as 
uh, you know, it's a different situation, but you have things like uh, the, the, the riders, people have talked about maybe a, a riders union or this and that, different things to help what help the sport maybe, but you, you have the OEMs, you have the teams, you have the UFL, you have the AMA, you have the FIN. There's so many different people that have the want to have their say it, it too many, what is it? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians kind of thing right. going on. Well, I think the AMA uh, has, uh, has a responsibility uh, if, cause you buy an, uh, if you want to race any type of qualifier like that, you have to purchase an AMA membership. Like maybe, um, uh, I just wish there was some type of schooling process, education process that new riders would have to go through before entering one of these events, you know? Because, I mean, the track owners have no idea, right? Like, yeah. what are they supposed yeah. to do? Yeah, I mean, I think, I know I keep mentioning U.S. and Fury, but, um, you know, there, there's great programs yeah. out there that they're trying to put together sure. you know, to get people from – uh, I mean, there's even organizations, um, not many people even know about them. Uh, one's called the MSF. Um, and they, they, you can go to the, an MSF facility and not even own a pair of gear or a bike, and, and they can teach you how to ride a motorcycle. Um, so I think things too, like that and, and the USMCA who are certifying coaches to um, you know, teach people the, the true basics. I mean, because... You know, right now, you, you, it's really easy to find a coach that can take you to a track and make you do sections and do lap times and mm-hmm. um, do sprints and all that, all the stuff that, you know, we'd see over and over and over. But it's really difficult to find a coach for the guy that just bought a bike and he's just wanting to learn to ride it. You know, there's not that guy that says, okay, this is what a yellow flag means. This is what this flag means. You know, this is proper etiquette while riding on the track. Um, so I, I think there's a, a huge, huge need for that, and I think the USMCA is trying to address that. Um, but yeah, I, I really do feel that there's a huge lapse in, in rider representation, and I'm not really sure a, a riders union is the way to do it. Right. Um, I think that the the riders do need some type of voice though, because. On the professional side, you're so disposable, you know, you, you're kind of in and out, you know, that you're, there's always someone to fill your shoes. So, um, you know, it, it's, there's not really kind of a, a, a huge need to take care of the riders because there's always someone that's going to be there to fill it. Um, and I'm not saying that they're out to get anyone or it's that bad, but there are certain things that need to be addressed that aren't being addressed. And, um, the writers need some type of voice about it if if we want to see the sport continue. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, I uh, I got a question from a listener, um, and he's a promoter and a, a fan also, but he said uh, the Brett Downey Foundation has written instructions and videos of flagging. Do you know of any other sources, or have you created anything or been involved with trying to create anything like that to help? Um, no, that's that's a really good point. I mean, there there's pe- there are people like the Brett Downey uh, Foundation that are doing good things. Also, the Kirk Caselli Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I keep bringing up the USMCA, but no, that's um, a good that's a good keep thing. Bring, yeah. Keep bringing them up. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I um I, I personally don't have anything. My my focus is is um, the actual build of the track that's kind of been my focus um 
on trying to come up with what is a safe obstacle and what is not. Um, I don't think there's a true line of that right now. You know, it's kind of however the person behind the dozer feels that day. That's how it usually ends up. Um, so I, I think at some point I'd love to see some sort of, um, I don't know, I guess playbook that, that says, hey, this is what you know, racing standard yeah. feels is a, is a very safe, um, you know, non kind of dangerous obstacle. So, um, and then I think at the end of the day too, we, we've got to put a little bit of the responsibility on the riders too. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, I, I think that there's probably, especially on the amateur level, a lot of pressure to go in races when, um, you know, <laughs> two weeks from now, you probably don't even care about it, <laughs> yeah. you know, so just, just educating and giving the riders a, a opportunity to say, hey, man, we just want you to go ride the best and, and go have fun and enjoy racing rather than got to win to get the sponsor or do that or, or do this. So, um, but I, I think when things like these things happen at Swan, we need to really, we need to act off of it, you know? Cause I think what tends to happen, um, like, like, like with Kenny's crash, um, in 17, mm-hmm. you know, there was so much talk about, um, you know, size of bike, two-stroke, four-stroke, was it the track, was it the team, was it the Honda, was it, you know, was it this, was it that, and then, like, two weeks later, it was, like, no one even mentioned it anymore, so I think when these things happen, we need to really use those moments to go, okay, this is what happened, this is, what what do we do about it for the next, next time, so these things don't happen again, rather than, you know, everyone getting kind of flustered and then arguing on the web, and then, you know, it kind of just dies. No, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 not a, a subject that I think people want to have to talk about. So I can see why that. Yeah, probably people try to for, just not think about it after the, until you know when there's a major thing like the the rocks and crash or, you know, you're getting landed on a few years ago. You know, those kind of things bring it up at the moment, and then well, we're back to racing the next week, and it's yeah, it no, it, somebody has to keep after it and keep on and keep pushing to make this thing happen. Now, I don't think this applies on uh, in this situation that, right. from this past weekend, but I mean, maybe we do talk about how fast these bikes have gotten. Do we I mean, do we not? Is that a thing? I mean, cuz I do hear and from from looking reading through and commenting on some things, you know, online and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of guys, fast riders, I mean, guys that are like local pro level have caught made supercross main events saying, "Hey, no, you know, what about the bikes? Why are we pointing at the track owner? Why are we pointing at this or that? Why don't we talk about the bikes? You know, what, what do you think about that, Trey? Uh, I mean, 100%. Um, if you would ask me this question a few years ago, I, I would have told you you're crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, spending some time off of a factory 450 and then watching it from a perspective now, I'm like, I mean, these things are rockets. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, through our data, I don't know that I ever reached full throttle, but maybe once a year at Vegas um, in Supercross. Yeah. And then, I mean, 80%, probably 90% of the time on the track was in the second year. Um, and it's just absurd the amount of power these things can put out. Um, 
and everything happens really fast when that happens. So you, you just you not sure that our brains are quite capable of keeping up, especially if you're not practicing riding every single day to, to kind of stay on top of things. Um, and honestly, a stock 450 is, I mean, pretty darn close to what a factory 450 is. Um, and we're, we're pretty much detuning, you know, to yeah. when when we're testing. I mean, there's no more real, um, no one's looking for horsepower, I guess is, is, is what could be said. You know, everyone's kind of looking for rideability and uh, getting the power in different places. So to me, I mean, you look back at the 500 and, and hope that the 450 is headed in that same direction. The only problem is, is um, making that change is going to be extremely difficult. Just you know, if you're going to make a 300, or you know, that that's a, I mean, almost a billion dollar process for yeah. all these manufacturers. Right. So um, you've got to have the whole industry behind it. And I don't know; it, it's hard to get the whole industry behind you know, one particular thing. It's hard to get sure. all these yeah, guys in the sure. same room. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 the thing I would say is just go ride a 125 and, and see how fun that is. And, um, everything is coming at you at a decent speed. And if you make a mistake, you kind of pay for it. You yep, have yep. to work to get the power back. And, well, um, just, it's fun. You don't, you don't get out of control. Oh yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, if you have, you can have fun on any dirt bike pretty much. And if you just want to go fast, if you have that ability, like I watched this weekend and last, I don't know if you know who Michael Keating is, but I watched him in the, in the, uh, a class at the moto masters vet series, run down some four fifties on a YZ one twenty five and blow by him. And, and, you know, I mean, he finished second both weekends on a YZ one twenty five. You can go just as fast he got if third have, Loretta's on the yeah, in moto. If didn't you he? have that skill set anyway, and if you're somebody like me who's just a average amateur, I never use all the horsepower my 450 has. Like, yeah, my buddies go, oh, I got to get the, you know motor mods done. I'm like, why? The thing scares me. Stock, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. way too much. Motorcycle. Even being a bigger guy, sometimes I'm thinking, man, a 250F's enough. You yeah. know, like I especially I'm yeah. C class level. 250F's fine for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think too. I mean, I'm I'm not a two stroke guy. I'm not like the bring the two strokes back kind of thing. Right. I mean, I like them. Um, I don't know. I, I I just haven't gone that way. But there's something really cool about you know making a mistake and kind of paying for it as far as lap times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, and um, when I rode a 125 last, I was you know I messed up in a turn and I like wasn't able to jump something. <laughs> I was like. Wow, this is crazy! You know, by 450, I can make four mistakes before I got that jump, and right. I just like kind of seat bounced and I'd go 80 feet. You know, so um, I, I think there's something cool there. But I mean, that's a that's a huge undertaking. So sure. I don't yeah. know that we can really really count on that. But I, I do think that it's it. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think there's a, there's any one answer. I think it's just creating conversation and. And keeping that conversation going and trying to find some kind of happy medium where maybe we can, you know, create some kind of safety. You know, obviously what we do, no matter what what we do, is going to be dangerous. But if we can implement a few little things that maybe cut back some of the injuries, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
there's an attitude in our sport that uh, that just kills me. As you know, I've been in this a long time, and I and I got hurt a lot. Um, and it's kind of this attitude that's like it's motocross, you know, it's about the tough, and it's about you know the toughest man wins, and the guy that works the hardest wins, and um. I mean, that's just not the case. <laughs> no, it's not. No. And, and with that attitude, we're not going to make changes. Um, and so I think we've got to eliminate that and, and realize, hey, there's there's people's, people's lives at stake here. Um, when we talk about the idea of safety, track safety, rider safety, and, um, you know, it, it's a really crucial thing that needs to, to be happening. Yeah, agreed. Well, no, I agree. And, and although that no matter what, you'll never be able to take the danger element out of this completely, which in re- in reality is a, a what is attractive about it to some degree. But at the same time, I feel like there 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 are ways to still make it better and still minimize a lot of these risks. Yeah, it's um, it's like I don't know if you've seen the movie The Hateful Eight, um, yeah. but there's a line in there, and. Um, and the one guy says, you know, no one said this job was easy. And uh, I think Samuel Jackson says, well, no one said it had to be this hard either. So, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it is. I mean, if you could you could throw the top 20 450 class riders in the, the parking lot at Anaheim and make an oval out of dirt, and I'm going to guess that someone's going to crash and, and hurt themselves, you know, because... <laughs> Anytime you're an athlete, you're going to push yourself past your limits to try to win. It's just what you do. It's it's what you're paid to do. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're never going to lose that element, which is a little bit exciting and people like and probably attracts people to, you know, the drama of it and everything like that. But there's certain things that aren't necessarily necessary, you know, I believe, and, and, and can be different. And, and need to be different, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's, this is such a long conversation to be had that needs to be had. But, um, you know, hopefully there's a, a lot of people willing to have it. Agreed. And I appreciate you, you know, it was last minute me contacting you to get you to come on here. And I really appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time for this. I do have one more safety question I'd like to ask. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about, the AMA or whoever the organization may be in, in right now, obviously AMA forcing the riders to wear, you know, chest protectors at the very least, things like that, that might create, uh, you might stop some injuries. Mm, yeah. I know most yeah, of the time you got a, the, I know most of the time the pro guys aren't, don't like, be, they don't want to be forced to wear anything that they don't want to. Yeah. That's, that's a really tough one, you know, because it's, um, it's really subjective, yeah. you know. It's not necessarily objective. Um, there's not a, I don't think enough data that says certain things are safer. Um, and so, what you hear most is, you know, this neck brace or, you know, that chest protector. I, I can't move, and when I can't move, I'm in really dangerous positions. And when I'm in dangerous positions, I can't correct things. And, um, you know, I, I think there's there's more that needs to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think there is something good about mandating certain, certain things. Um, I know the chest protector is like 
super uncool, but um, it's so easy, and they make them so well now. I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, I was you know, you're like a mini linebacker out there with right. shoulder pads, and you know, <laughs> I had a piece of the plastic hanging off your chest protector. You'd stick your arms through, and yeah. it was not cool, not very cool. But I mean, they make them so cool now, and so low profile. That, yeah. I, I wear the fly revel under my Jersey and like, I don't notice it, you know, I mean at all. I don't even, I can't tell it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think, I think chest protection is, is, uh, is huge. Um, th- there's so many, so much debate about neck brace and all that, you know, my, my thing was, you know, seat belt, you know, breaks a lot of people's sternums and might even cause some deaths at times, but sure saves a lot of lives too. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Oh, for um, sure. But I don't know. That one, that one's really touchy sure. because a lot of people believe that, you know, it doesn't give the ability to tuck your head or, you know, put you in funny positions. So I don't know. It's, it's, um, I'm kind of, I've stayed out of that really. <laughs> I understand. Uh, that hasn't been my focus, but, I, I do think there needs to be more. I mean, there's the guys that are racing are basically racing in t-shirts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But we can't have nobody lining up with blue jeans on though. No, <laughs> no worry about your chest protector, but you better put some pants on, you know, <laughs> but no. uh, that's uh show business, man. Show exactly. business. All about the image. That's it. That's it. Now let's shift gears a little bit before we let you go, man. I want to know what, what, I mean, are you doing any riding now? What's Trey Kennard up to uh post racing life? Man, I've had a rough uh, about a month. Man, I I um, was I've been waiting to get a bike um, until I had a, a back surgery. I've been wanting to get my hardware kicked out of my back from my injury in 2012 for a while, and um, kind of had some goofy stuff happen with my insurance. And then I finally had it about six weeks ago, and then um, about two weeks into it, I got a staph infection and. Hmm. Um, Spent some time in the hospital, but I, I got out last week and all sorted now. But, um, man, I, I thought I was done with hospitals and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I guess not. So. <laughs> but, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking to ride soon. As soon as this back's ready to go, I'm, I'm uh, looking to get a bike and want to be having some fun. So Awesome, yeah. What, what kind of bike are you going to get, Trey? I don't know, man. I've got that question a lot. Honda. Um, Honda. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know. Man. I need to just ride some and, and see uh, see what I like. You now I've done that in a while, so um, should be fun. I, I'm kind of interested to ride an Alpha, man. There you go. Cool. Yeah, I like those a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. It'd be cool. It'd be nice to just kind of you know not to change the oil and yeah, yeah. You need to you need to hit Chris Kiefer up, man, because he's all about those. He actually just posted something. And he you know he does a lot of the development with those guys and. I bet he, oh, really? Yeah, I bet he he could get you on one, no problem. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that, if you ride one, you need to let us know how you like it, because we can't afford one, so we just have to. Not yet, but I tell you what, I am eyeballing one. <laughs> well, they are coming one. down, though. Yeah, I'm eyeballing <laughs> one of those things, because, well, there's just so much potential with it. Maybe not with racing right now, but, dude, how many places can you ride that thing that you can't go ride these loud 450s at yeah. without causing enough attention to you? You know, or you know, you know, that might solve a little bit of the track situation. Tracks getting shut down for noise violations, things like that. You may, you know, you can build a track in the middle of town with those things. They're not even they're they're quieter than a car <laughs> is. You know, 
Yeah, I think it's cool. I think they're going about it in a really cool way. You know, they're they're trying to get people excited about riding and not necessarily racing. So, um, yeah, that's cool, man. Maybe, maybe you'll see me on, on one soon. There you awesome. go. Awesome. Well, Trey Kennard, we really appreciate your time. I know we all miss miss seeing you on on a weekly basis on TV, but hey. We're still glad we got to see you. Glad things are working out. Glad you don't have staph infection anymore. And uh, look forward to talking <laughs> with you again sometime soon. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Have Thank a good day, buddy. The Trey Kennard. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you don't um, – the perspective you get from Trey is always very well thought out. Mm-hmm. It's not – there's not a lot of crazy emotion gone into it. He thinks about things. He's smart. He's been there. He's done that. He's calm about it. I think I think that's that that's the guy. If you're gonna if you're gonna forefront a movement like what everybody's talking about, he's the guy you need to be the face of it. Because yeah. he's not not threatening. He's not. You know, there's no ill intentions there. You know, it's it's yeah, no agendas. You know, it's all about what it is. Period. And uh, he just cares about the sport and loves it enough. And and, and I want to wanted to get the. I didn't mean to. What was I going to say about, you know, it's not, uh, I wasn't trying to go anywhere with talking about that being the kid's first race or, you know, whatever. No, no, I, I think I didn't, he was just being careful. No, and I don't blame him. Dad. I just, I just know what I've read put out by the, by the, by the man's mother. And, yeah, and yeah. I hate it. I hate hearing that, you know, and, but, uh, I mean, what do we do, you know? So things happen and at the end of the day, it's, 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 our bikes can do these, to, you know, I mean, I get out of bed every morning with an ache and a pain a lot of them from riding dirt bikes yeah, i mean I it is what it is and i can't back. wait to go get more of them yeah. you know so that's just i don't know man I, I think i think that this is very sad but i do think some positives eventually will come from mm-hmm. it unfortunately it is what it is and this you know that it had to happen but these things have been coming and coming you know and it's, it's time to do something so yeah but you, you want to call TJ real quick to wrap uh, yeah, this up? Yeah, I was, I was going to suggest that. Let's yeah. see what that – Let's call that, him to wrap this up. What and... that doofus is up to. This is – this is uh, we're at two hours and 17 minutes. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that's this is our longest show so far. Yeah. This is our record. Definitely. Yeah. What up, butthole? Jerk. What's up, guys? So we we called you to wrap this up. I'm down to about thirty percent of my batteries here. So uh, holy cow, it's a long show. Didn't y'all start early? We did, yeah, yeah and, but we had a lot to talk about tonight. And we so. we one of the guests didn't even uh, make it. Nick had to uh, reschedule. So Nick McCampbell. Nick. Oh yeah, yeah. Vince Freeze's mechanic. So uh, yeah, yeah, we we uh we had a lot to go going on tonight, but we thought we'd call you real quick just to wrap this thing up and uh, see if you're gonna be back next week. Um, dude, as of right now, it looks like I should be. I'll have, I'm supposed to be out of here probably Friday. So, okay. we're going to race Scramble Cross this weekend. I'm on call. I won't be. Yeah, man. I, I don't, I might. I gotta, I, maybe not though, man. I gotta go. I gotta get head to work that day. So, we'll just have to see. I'll yeah, just, I just go, what's it called? Just head on your, on your way there. You yeah. go race Scramble Cross and leave him there and there go to go. work. Take your bike with you. Yeah, I mean it's there. Kylie, Kylie's in the studio saying no. I did. If I do, I'm sending it back with you though, because it ain't gonna sit in my van in Midland for two weeks. So basically, what you're saying, uh, Dog Side, is that he's just getting his man card pulled. I'm not gonna be allowed to race. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, I let's not talk about that. From I, our group I, text I can for there. sure bring something up on you that's way way funnier. So, <laughs> so 
See, I, I, I do what I want because I'm not married. All the all, uh, T, all TJs. I don't like Facebook. I don't want to have it. Uh, sure, buddy. Hey, um, no, I seriously, I seriously, I got other social media that just don't like Facebook, and, and it was just a concession I have to make. You got to, you got to make a concession. I don't think you married, made bro. that. I don't think you made that concession. Yeah, I think she made it for you. Is what we're trying to say. So, uh, well, I, I understand though. You I'm married. That. I'm married, but you know. I, so yeah, yeah. I, I won't be at Scramble Cross, but I will be at Oak Hill the following weekend for Moto Masters. Oh yeah, yeah, boy. Well, maybe if I if I'm off, I may hit that up. I like Oak Hill; it's a there fun track. I'm catching I, up on points, so there you go. I tell you what, yeah. I looked at, I, I watched a video today of the of the Scramble Cross layout at Village Creek. It looks good, man. It looks real good. Yeah, the track's gonna be fun. I know that Terry does a good job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he had mentioned something about maybe let, if I wanted to wanted to announce it, I could. But if I go, I'm racing. Otherwise, I'm not showing up. Yeah. Well, so hey, um, awesome. I don't know if you know this, TJ, because I don't think I put it on our group text. But we we did have a winner of our Patreon contest. Uh, Garrett Rockley won the yeah. set of grips. He the the rent uh, pro taper grips. And awesome. then we we had a winner on our Amsoil uh, oil giveaway from last week from that trivia question. That, yeah. That was Brandon Crawford. Yeah, Brandon Crawford won that. I just met him the night and uh, handed those products off to him. Thankfully, he was a local guy, and I didn't have to ship them this time. Yeah, he lives in Linda. Yeah. So, but uh, that was great. Yeah, the hat too. We gave away that Moto X Pod hat. I sent it out to uh, Mr. Fouts out there in California. He was appreciative of that. So, dude, that the hat your wife made you is sweet, bro. Oh yeah, you like that. Yeah, I like that. Oh man, I uh, I've been eyeballing that thing, and she just showed up with it. I was like, cool, awesome. But we've had a quite a bit to discuss. Well, guys, I'm gonna get off of here. Yeah. I've got to be up all night tonight, bro. And okay. I'm um, I'm going. I'm, I'm calling it a night. But well, we just wanted to say hi to you before the end of the show. So all right, sissy, we'll, we'll awesome, have fun guys. with that. Sitting, you know, watching TV, being up all night. I'm not sitting TV. I'm trying to see because I'm gonna be on the pits all night long. We got a cement tonight, so ah, I gotta right, make man. that money. Well, hey, be careful out there, buddy. Guys, yeah, you have a great night. Right, you too, you. dude. Later. Bye. TJ's man card got pulled 100%. <laughs> Doc dropped him in the grease. When your son drops you in the grease, you know that's legit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we were talking about group message, and we were, like, sharing information through the Instagram group message that TJ doesn't have Facebook, he can't see. And uh, Jamie said something like, well, TJ doesn't like Facebook. And then Doc got on there and goes, no, he's not allowed to have it. <laughs> so, but uh, anyways, great show tonight, guys. Thanks to all of our guests. And, uh, man, it was a fun one, dude. Guys, I'm going to be a couple weeks out of here. You'll hear me on the phone, I'm sure, but I won't be in studio for a couple weeks. I got to go back out there to the desert and start working again. So, old field life like what TJ's doing. Mm. But, yeah, I don't uh, miss being gone. Well, I mean, I don't miss it either, but, uh, you know, at the same time, I I don't miss FedEx either, and I would (laughs) rather just go back out here than have to deal with one more day of that. So, anyways, great show tonight, guys. Uh, I'll miss you guys, but we'll still be around. So, it'll still be going strong. I know it. You'll be here. You're the guy. I'm all, yeah, I guess I'm the only one that can make it every week. Like I'm on call right now, but I get I've got somebody covering me every Tuesdays now. So let's just buy, buy one of my coworkers lunch. And well, that's just because you're anal. You could you could like you know we could we could skip a week. Yeah, or I don't so want to miss a week. Like that's the deal. It. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like so you're I, good. I, there. I like it too much. Well, hey, good deal, man. But uh, for Dark Side Muscle Mark, Miss Kylie Poole sitting in with us. Moto X Pod Show. See you next week, guys. See ya.